Ah, Jeffrey. What's that you have in your hand, boy? Pass it over. A telegram. Oh dear. Seems someone has been biting me. Fetch me my trousers at once. No, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. Those ones. My fighting trousers. Yeah, yeah. Dear sir, regarding your recent foray into the rap business and the scene you portray, see, I don't normally approve of war games, but he's biting is what they all say. And by Harry, they might be right. This is hip-hop, not an Elvis night. Show this professor impersonation. Let it end now, it's impertinent waiting. You seem a reasonable chap. What you need to do is rap and not parody chap-hop, cos that's not proper. In 2018, a subpar podcast was sent to a woman's prison by a military court for poor content. They definitely released. These men promptly escaped using cigarettes and hand jobs to the Melbourne underground. Today, still sort of wanted by the Trump administration, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a rash, if no one has any topical cream, and if you can pay us just enough, maybe you can hire the Bacon Burgers. Ba 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 ba. We're back again! That was beautiful, man. I know. It was good, wasn't it? Can I... Is this episode 10? Have we gone double digits? We have. Double digits! So this this is the fourth episode that the three of us have uh, been doing. So, hello, listener. I'm Lockie. (laughs) Unimportant. (laughs) Who who have we got here tonight? Uh, We've got uh, JD lurking in the corner, as usual. Yeah, sneaky. Was it Ninja Cheese? That's what you're going to be your stealth name from cheese. now on. Stealth Cheese. Stealth Cheese is your name now. Oh, it moves from grease to cheese. It's, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all oil. All oil based. Um, yeah, so we're back. Thanks for joining us in again for another uh, exciting episode of the Bacon Burgers. Um, I've got a fair old bit to get through tonight, so we're just going to charge straight into it. Um, boys, we are, when was it? Three days ago? Three days ago, we were all at, and I say this with uh, all due respect to our good friend Lockie. We all attended the biggest bolt action event ever held in Victoria. Woo! So, Lockie, you were the TO. You run us through it because this is your baby and we're all very proud of you, mate. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, so we ran Operation Grief on the weekend at Tivoli Club, which um, is where League of Ancients meets, uh, has their monthly meetups. So thanks a lot to uh, the guys, definitely, um, especially Richard Stubbs. Word. For... Um, for letting us use Tivoli, because it was an awesome venue. Well, facilitating it for us, because he was he was the go-between between us and Tivoli. Oh, absolutely. We couldn't have done it without him, like, just in terms of logistically and that kind of thing. Um, he, he made sure we could get in on the, on the Saturday night to um, set up. You and me and him went in. God, that helped, didn't it? My we, God, that helped. We would have been in trouble if we couldn't get in, because there was shit everywhere when he oh, walked in. We would have been in. there really fucking early in the morning if it hadn't have been for that. Yeah, word. Yeah, so um, it was 
as you said, it was the biggest uh, tournament ever run in, in Victoria uh, that we know of. Um, but no, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. So we had 27 players plus one plus the Gumby. So that's 28 players, which is on what, what I'm calling it. We're, and coming, we're coming so close to the big 3-0. Oh, we got, we, we're like at, at one point, oh, do you reckon we can um, fit, another, fit another table and get a couple, couple of other guys? Just we so could have got the table and we had the space. 30 players. Oh, we had plenty of space. We could have fit like heaps of people. The, the terrain would have been an issue, maybe. We would have been able to slide it, but we would have been able to pinch some stuff off of some other tables and just rustle up a, you know, what some get some empty beer steins or just <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's a silo. There's silos. Some, some uh, styrofoam offcuts, London Ooh. style. Ooh. We're gonna talk about the GT later because I'm gonna flame those fuckers out. Shame on you. Shame on you, fuckers. Space elves, take that. Oh. No, okay. the, the, the terrain at Operation Grief was beautiful, though, guys. Off, and, off and its it, tits. And it was like hats off to everyone in the community who brought. Um, do you want to give some, some shout outs to terrain terrain providers? Yes, yeah, so I'm probably going to miss some, so I need some help. But we've got Mark Newman, who um, provided three or four tables. We've got Viv from Knights of Dice, who provided yep. some tables. Uh, Brad Morin. Uh, Nick Beatty. Oh, that Nick Beatty board. We're going to talk about that a bit oh later. Oh my god, so so that beautiful. Is just off the hook, beautiful. Um, yeah, that's really exactly was. what we want to see in this um, in this community. It's nice uh, that there's somebody and, else. And also Tristan, of course. Ah, uh, whatever. Who, it's all good. It's all good. Provided probably four ta- tables of terrain, maybe five. Three or four jungle desert, couple of Normandy. I don't know. Whatever. I, um, I bought my 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 single. Oh, yeah. Jail! Look at him. Oh. You might forget someone. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was it was important because it was a my first table that I've built for bolt action, uh, and I'd been going really hard all the week before getting those trees. That was so, a really nice table. They look really good. I was very. I played on that table. It was good. It was it it was interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, um, blocks to line of sight. It was a good board. Well done. You should be proud. I think I played. I played on it as well. It was cool. Um, but yeah, so we had uh, 28 players. There was only um, two games. So as what you said on previous podcasts, we were, we were aiming this event at new players, trying to get as many new players in because we're trying to build the community in Victoria. And it's 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 looking up, I think. It's looking I'm, healthy. I'm very positive oh, about yeah. this scene as it goes forward. Um, but the idea was there was no podium. There was no results. Um, we, give, we gave awards for Best Painted. We gave award for Hanno Swag and one for... Uh, best, best new player, new player. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So best new player uh, that went to John Hogg. Was that correct with his Chinese? Yeah, John Hogg, which is um, he's a new guy. He's come in. He's um, he's run, running running a communist Chinese army, which is really cool to see. We ne- we yeah. never see any Chinese armies. In, in I I love the fact that I mean we saw. I mean, look, it it was new guys, so we did see a big prevalence of the big four. We saw a lot of Russians, Germans. Um, <laughs> Russians, Russians Germans, Germans, British, and British Soviet, and, yeah, Soviets. Oh, and, and Americans. Americans, of course. Yeah. There's, there's so we, the big four. You were sort of, but I'll tell you what, Bulgarians came out to play. Thank you, Rick V. We did have the Bulgarians. We had the Chinese. We had um, my mate um, Jack ran ran my Australian list. Did it? Did we see some Italians? Was there Italian? No, we had a French army. We had a f- French. Yeah, we had. A, it was awesome. a French foreign legion, and oh, the, that's right. That was. And uh, we also Rubes? had that. Yeah, Rubes. Yep, Rubes yep. Larson. And we also had uh, a Sikh army, which is British, but um, oh, it's still still unique in, yeah. uh, in in the scene. That's Robbie Deacon. Yeah, it was Robbie yeah. De- Robbie Deacon. Um, and so so I mean that's five minor nations out of twenty three, um, twenty uh, sorry twenty eight lists. So those twenty three lists that were all the big four kind of. The, the other thing to bear in mind with that, just looking around the German armies, they weren't all 
late war European theatre. There was DAK. Neither my Normandy was, Germans. Yeah, there was DAK. There was Blitzkrieg. There's, and that in itself has a has a wide range of options in there. It's not just a monolithic uh, army in itself, you know. So there there was a really great spread of um, of stuff of there to see and play against. Yeah, it was super diverse. We had some big cats in the Germans. I think there was a oh, yeah. there was a dad's army as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Um yeah, he was uh he actually had the the dad's army, I think the swish cap and he had the the Ooh. t-shirt and all did, of his all of his models were modeled up as Mr. Manrin and uh, yeah, did, it was great. Did, did they like it up him? They did not like it up him. I've I've been told. That army got a lot of votes in the uh, best painted by the way. Did it indeed? It did, yeah. So best painted we did it. Best Painted, we did something a little bit different. Uh, we basically took the top 10, uh, and those 10 players all before lunch set their armies out on a table so that people could... Because I find that generally, if you just say, everyone just leave your armies out for Best Painted, everyone has to kind of move around a large area and people miss stuff. And if it's all in the one place and it's pretty centralized, you can kind of pick through it and go, well, I like that and I like... It's definitely um, a good event. Uh, sorry, a good idea at a bigger event. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. More than more than you know, fifteen or sixteen players. Like you really need to, I don't know, put them all together. Yeah. One one thing I will say about that is uh, that that format uh, really really rewards and encourages you to build a display board. Um, it does because at least if you are setting up on a table, there's there's a sort of backdrop to it. It it blends in. Um, if you're an idiot like me and you forgot your display board and it was set tisk, up tisk. on a piece of black uh, cardboard. That, 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 that is a very good point. How many people had display boards? Most. They, they did, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go most. I'd say some out of the 10 people. Um, I have one. Nick Beattie have one. Rick V have one for his Bulgarians. I think there might have been one or two others. So it might have been half the field. The other half would just set their stuff up willy-nilly and away they went. Yeah. No, it was really cool to see. Um, the, uh, the the best painted, though, was surprisingly went down to the wire. Um, we, we did a Brownlow system, so everyone had um, basically three votes and you'd go one, two, three, we'd get three, two, one votes. Um, and I was, I was tallying them up um, and it was so close um, between two, two players and by the end of it, they were drawn on 27 votes apiece. That's pretty epic. Um, which is, I mean, it's great to see considering, you know, like just that competition, I guess, in in trying to win Best Painted. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great to see. And so, I mean, I'll just say it now. The Best Painted went to my man Tristan hey, hey. with his uh, beautiful airborne army to uh, second place to Mr. Nick Beatty with his last levy Germans. Nick Beatty was my vote for best um i thought his shit looked incredible well you can't vote for yourself mate <laughs> i did not i did not vote for myself i hope, I hope you didn't <laughs> no no um so nick Beatty. no sorry actually can you just quickly talk about your army and i'll go on um, to Nick's. so i took a variation of my airborne army and right now i'm uh i think i've got one more event left with my airborne army and then that's it um i'll be running something different from here on in uh, the impact of my airborne army is starting to be reduced a little bit because everybody's seen it so frequently. But um, to be able to take best painted uh, from such a from such a talented field, uh, it was the best result I've ever had while I've been playing a bolt action, and that goes for you know taking podiums and this that and the other. Um, I've been focused on the painting award for quite some time, and I thought that 
I was very, very proud and very, very humbled to kind of get up there and uh, and accept my award. And um, yeah, thank you to all the players who voted for me. You're all very kind. And um, no, dude, yeah. it's much deserved. You've been gunning it, um, gunning it for a while, and like finally, yeah. it's paid off. So, well, well done. A little while ago, I, I sort of I made the transition from being you know that hyper competitive player that you know was turning into somebody that people perhaps didn't like playing against and i'm like well i i still need to feel competitive i'm going to be competitive in something else and i'm going to be competitive in something that doesn't rely on luck it actually really relies on skill so i just put more effort into my painting and i just i just painted lots and got really and you know just looked at um things like you know online uh painting tutorials you know patch has done some fantastic stuff and you look at that and it's all about creating striking balances and you know sort of getting things that really pop on the table and i was really happy so i took uh, a regular lt or two regular lts it was two two platoons so it was two a regular lt and an inexperienced lt two squads of vets two squads of regs a sniper a 57 millimeter anti-tank gun a hellcat the m3105 and two trucks cool and a display board so on, on the on the question of paint the topic of painting on on average in a, in a normal week given given you've got a, a wee fella and a busy life and a job and stuff how many hours do you reckon you you put in at the painting desk at the moment i'm doing a commission for uh fellow baconburger jacob lots and because i'm doing that and it is a commission and it's something that i'm actually getting paid for um i can justify spending maybe between an hour to two hours per night after Lex has gone to bed. Yep. So Patch does it the other way around. Patch gets up at like four o'clock in the morning and paints and he gets two hours to himself uninterrupted when everyone's in bed and he likes doing that. Fuck getting up that early because seriously, I cannot even think straight. I can't even believe it, like uh, that, it, that he does that. Wow, that's, that's ridiculous. He's, he's so committed. Like seriously, it's, it's actually scary. Like I've got massive amounts of respect for a man that can um, produce that level of hobby at that time in the morning i can barely walk to the toilet uh and use the use the you know the facility properly and patches painting armies like that so um i do it the other way around i like in the evening to make myself a cup of tea get a couple of tim tams um sit down at my hobby desk i pop on um uh, armchair expert or uh, dan carlin um or, you know, just some music and just get my brushes out and just start working. So, uh, so part, part of the reason I, I asked that was um, in in my single days, I, I used to used to do that. I would, on a good night, get a good two hours in and regularly 45 minutes to an hour every night and it would just build up. Um, I guess I've, I've just had trouble getting back into the rhythm of it, um, having having to set up a new studio and uh, being recently married and so on, I'm just not in the routine of it yet, but yeah, I'm trying to build back up to it and, yeah. and get myself in that swing of it again. Nick and I, Nikki and I, I'm kind of lucky because Nikki has always, Nikki's, Nikki and I have been very independent of, of each other. Uh, since day one, we've had very different interests and we always encourage each other to you know pursue those interests you know to their fullest. Uh, Nikki did roller derby for a long time and I kind of followed her down that track a little bit and then realized, hang on a minute, you are the wrong side of 30. Uh, if you hurt yourself and you have to take time off work, you probably won't have a job to go back to. So knock that on the head and go do something else. Um, yeah, before Lex came along, man, I could I could quite happily come home and just say to Nikki, I'm heading down the paint here, I'm heading down to my, my studio 
and she would just sit there and watch you know trashy television and she would just chill out or go and see friends and i would sit there and paint three four hours a night that's how i got all that shit done and then lexus come along and initially early days i was like what's all the fuss about seriously like they are no work at all he's just like a little potato like he kind of cries a bit you stick some milk in him he goes back to sleep this is brilliant i'm, I'm not going to have to change my my painting output at all and then all of a sudden he starts moving around and he starts crawling and now he's nearly walking and it's like all right this is this is this is different so yeah just in the evening it's anywhere between an hour to two hours occasionally on a weekend i might get a bit of time where i can sort of sit down and try and put some some paint on but i've got a couple of other commissions sitting there i've got to do some more stuff for viv from knights of dice i've got to do some british stuff and then i've also got to do a waffen ss army for a guy uh, called ron down in tasmania so those all you ever gonna paint something for yourself the lidg i think is my next project and that'll hopefully be done by the end of the year. I really want you to um, to do your LRDG because yeah, you, I, haven't, you haven't got your French yet, so I'm not all that concerned. Well, I'm I'm going to be working on I'm it. Gonna working I'm going to be working on, be working on, on it. it. Hey, in two weeks I'll be done my masters and I I'll know. have all the fucking free time in the world. Are you really only two weeks off the end of your masters? Forever, isn't it incredible? How my, long did that take you? Eighteen months. Jesus Christ! Because I do it full Hang time. Hang on, you did like, a masters in eighteen months. Yeah. I do. I study full time. Technically, it can be done. Mine. mine well, technically, I haven't right finished in. mine, and and uh, I was working full time and doing it in the evenings, and it yeah. really killed me. It was the most. How long did it, that was? That like four years or something? Uh, it was about three, um, but I got up to the diploma stage of that, which is sort of three quarters of the way through, and went. Yeah. I'm qualified to work now. I'm I'm going to come back to this one day. Because before before Brad started his masters, he had a full head of hair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, most people. Well, that's the thing. Most people. It's nearly do, killed him. Most people do do their masters like part time while they're working or whatever. But I decided just to smash it out, get it done, and then I can. I mean, now I'm just going to be working in a bar or something. Something stupid. He was. Be, he was be, like, be you know, most, I'm I'm young. I'm uh, single. I can do this. I'll be the most bloody qualified bartender in in melbourne it's gonna be great no you won't <laughs> it's melbourne mate there's no hope yeah no, there are right. there are baristas who are more qualified than you are <laughs> but phd exactly right. atomic scientists making a coffee <laughs> exactly you know. right hey i don't want a coffee unless I, an atomic hey, scientist yeah makes it it's for a me. really good coffee though <laughs> um, so, a healthy green glow <laughs> Uh, I'm so, going to steer us back on track. Yeah, guys. let's get back to... <laughs> yeah, no, no, get back to grief because the other award that we gave out... Yeah, the other award we gave out was the Hannah Swag Award, which is like kind of a best theme kind of award. Um, and that went to Mr. Nick Beatty, who, who did come second in the painting prize, but um, he, did he, really well. he was always going to be the first contender in the Hannah Swag because his his army is... Like, well, basically, the highlight of it is the King Tiger, yep. which he has... He's converted the shit out of it. He's painted it beautifully. Um, his army is a last levy army. And it's kind of a what-if army as well. So the King Tiger is based on um, had they continued manufacturing certain di- like certain types of, um, of weapons and, I don't know, patterns. It's and that in- kind of infrared, infrared stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's got the, the same uh, infrared gear that they... They put on a couple of prototype... Is it the U- Panthers? The Uhu? Uhu. Uhu, Uhu yeah. Yeah, it's a German for Al... Um, so, in in the reality, it would be run with a um, half track that had a yeah, great big, big infrared spotlight, spotlight. Yeah. on it, uh, and every tank had an infrared um, uh, rangefinder, and so on. And the you, assault you rifles the, had a yeah, it, vampire. Yeah, assault yeah, the assault rifles had a had like a, a similar scope, 
you had to like lug around a battery pack with it, which was like Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, have you have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, it was so Nuts. awesome. And he, and I mean, like, and he submitted heaps of cool fluffers. Or, you know, pages. Oh, he gave worth. everybody like a like a was it like a, a, signal, a propaganda signal magazine. Yeah. Did, he give every, did he give it to everyone? Everybody got a copy See, of that. Cool. I've got mine at home. I was like, he said, "Here you go, you have one of these." I'm like, "What is it?" He's gone. Oh, it's the fluff for my army. I'm like, I thought he just gave it to me because I'm the TO. <laughs> no, he gave it to, it to all of us. As Jeez. soon as he gave me that, I'm like. No, he's, he's, he's winning hand and swear. Because originally I was like... Well, he was gunning for it. He was gunning yeah. for it hard. But I originally... Like, I was arguing... Uh, you and I had a couple of conversations because I, I was never in the running for hand and swear. And I'm you fine with that. You didn't even submit any, th- no, any I fluff. No, I didn't. At the end of the day, no. It's, <laughs> yeah. my, my army is not historically... Well, it's, 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 it's accurate, but it's not... There's it's nothing... A, it's accurate as in there were Americans in the war. <laughs> <laughs> you eventually. asshole. I just been roasted. Yeah. There were Americans in the war eventually. Eventually, <laughs> at some can. stage. They had trucks. In, in Europe in 1944. Yeah. No, so it, it was it, fabulously impressive. I mean, it I, was. I, it had was. A, I had a tilt at, at Hannaswag because uh, you know, I took an Operation Grief list thinking, okay, that's, that's kind of a, in theme. Um, but no, that, that just went above and beyond. Uh, the only other really person beautiful. I thought really did the, did the diligence was Rob. Because Rob, he put, Rob put a lot of effort into it, but it, again, it wasn't his army as well. So like, like it was your army. Yeah, that's well. That was the other thing is, and um, I mean the the, the dad's army probably was was up there as well. Yeah, on, word. On, um, yeah, that was really nice. On for for Hannah Swag as well. I think uh, the way that we did that the top ten on best painted, I got your permission to because. Essentially, what you were going to do is in between round one and round well, after round one, uh, during round one before lunch, you were going to go around and select ten armies. You had to Gumby, and I'm pretty sure that you played all the way up until lunchtime because you were running a new guy through the game. Yeah, yeah, we Hell were, we were like having Peter. It. Peter, yeah, he was. Um, he looks like Donald Sutherland, by the way. He's a League of Ancients um, guy, and he was a, he was a lovely dude. And yeah, um, yeah we our game went to time pretty much because you know it was like it, we had a good tactical game. Yeah. Unlike your game with Ivan, where you just got steamrolled uh, in an hour, and it's like, oh, that's fausted. it, guys. <laughs> I got absolutely fausted. Um, Ivan and I played on Nick Beatty's board, and um, I don't know. Like, like he, he ran what I. The thing is, if you explain it, most people go, well, that's just a very, very standard Soviet list. But there's kind of not a lot of soft edges on that list, there's like two different flamethrowers. Um, there's a T-34-85, uh, just shitloads of troops, just so many fucking troops. I think it's just a T-34, but yeah, I don't think... Oh, it's a T-35, did I? No, T-34-85, you said, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It wasn't 85? I thought no, it was I, mean, I don't think you can get the 85 in the in the Stalingrad list. Oh, okay, it must have been T-34 um, but, 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 Because, yeah, he's got, he had two snipers, didn't he? No, just the one sniper. Oh, maybe he, he took a, it out. He had a ZIS-3, yeah. a mortar... It was a strong list, like big, big sort of engineers and stuff with a yeah, flamethrower, yeah. um, and then a man pack flamethrower, and then it certainly wasn't the weakest list. Uh, sorry, the strongest list that he had uh, submitted no. though. <laughs> no, we had a we had a bit of a talk with him. He is he is a forty k alum player, and he's currently feeling his way through how we how we list and what our meta is like down here. And look, I, his enthusiasm is goddamn infectious he is so enthusiastic about the game which is really nice that's what we like to see hell yeah hell yeah but yeah so you've um you've gone around to the tables um 
kind of like at the end of round one kind of thing. Yeah, and, I got I got your permission. Around. Yeah, I got yeah. your permission to, to submit my list to, to submit my arm. I said, look, is it right if I award my, myself? A I should have just said no. <laughs> you try, Theo's you, ruling. Yeah, you tried to. I just gave you a dirty look. But the thing is, at that event, out of twenty seven armies, I think I painted four or five of them. <laughs> well, Viv's British. Um, was it Viv's British? Uh, Rob's um, Rob's. Uh, uh, Rob's Chindits, and then there was also Nathan Shuttleworth's Americans. Oh yeah, so four and armies. Was, yeah, four armies. Oh well, the the Americans is just like kind of the an same e- army, an extension of yeah. yeah they just they're, they're it's just because you got so many. They're Americans. everything. They're everything I had left over. Yeah. But um, yeah, out of the out of the ten that I picked, there was the Bulgarians. I think it was Lee Avery's British. There was the Home Guard, the Chinese, Mark Newman's Last Levy stuff because his look stuff looks great. JLs also, I put those guys in because I, I I just love the way your shit looks, man. I love the way your shit looks. I really do. You are my, I think, number two vote for best painted. Oh, cheers. No, it's all good. Yeah, that that was uh, a list that I, I built out of um, the winter Germans that I took to the last event yep. with uh, the um, winter Americans running as uh, uh, Panzer Brigade 150 in there. Um, yeah. It was a uh, it was a good looking list, but also I think Andrew Baxter I put him in. Put Brad in. I spoke to Brad about his list because I walked up and said, because you know what Brad's like, he's got a lot of different stuff that's painted by himself, but also painted by different people. Yeah, right. And I know that Brad's had stuff painted by Patch in the past. So the first thing I did is I said I walked up to Brad. I said, "Hey, mate, who painted your army?" And he said, "Don't put me in the best painted." And I said, "That's not what I t- who painted your army." And he he just got really really evasive. And eventually said, look, I didn't paint this. Andy Singleton painted it. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. It's all good. I'll catch you later. And I've kind of moved on. He was playing Nick Beattie at the time. And I gave Nick a token and then kind of just moved on. But uh, no, Brad did not end up because he did not paint his army. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, which I thought was fine. That's why... What's a beautiful army. That's why the Chindits wouldn't have... That's why the Chindits wouldn't have gotten in. Well, it's also... I mean, it's also why I didn't put Viv's army in there. Because I painted it. Yeah. And it's not fair for me to start... You know, I, it would have just been really, um, you know... <laughs> Four armies of Tristan. In the, <laughs> yeah, just in the really morally end. wrong. But I think that what helped mine get over the line was uh, the display tray because it, it themes the army really well and, it, you know, there's custom objective markers and it kind of makes everything... I noticed pop. you didn't put my Australians in. It just really pulls the room together. They were lacking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on, mate. How bad would that have been if you won that? The TO wins best painting. Oh, I certainly wouldn't have won, but... <laughs> again, it's... Well, no, I voted for your army. A I couple of you. votes would have been nice. <laughs> I think you're... Th- well, no. Take two votes from me then. Your shit looks great. How's that? There you Thanks, go. man. <laughs> Anytime. I love the way you do it. But yeah. Look, at the end of the day, we've got an event coming up soon. You get to polish them a little bit and see how we go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, did we want to run through our games quickly or do we want to just move on? Oh, so, we'll just no, run okay. Oh, quick, yeah. I'll run through my two games. You ready for it? I got fucked up both games. Next. <laughs> I got- well, the, the, the hate grease uh, reversed itself. I no, it didn't. Did no, really it didn't. Well both it times. left you and found me. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It just uh, oozed down the down the tables and uh, uh, down the back me. of your shirt, like the the X Files. Craw- no, I crawled oil. up my fucking trouser leg. It was um, yeah. Just just quickly. So with Ivan, um, I play. We played on Nick Beatty's Stalingrad board. I played that mission wrong. I look at that now and I'm so like, that, it was Heartbreak Ridge, wasn't it? Yeah, three objectives. I played that wrong. I made I made a I made a push with some a vehicle and two squads. For his objective, I should have never done that. I should have literally just locked down on mine and then just sat everything else on the middle objective and just fought him off. I would have probably lost because he did have more bodies than I did. But um, 
we also had I think two turns running. Um, he got I think it was six or seven dice pulls, uncontested. Like he would it would just be like red dice, red dice, red dice, red dice. And I was just you know when you really need a dice, and then all of a sudden fate just goes nah, The other guy can have like three or four more, and you're just literally watching. It's like okay, well that's dead. That's pinned out. That's dead. That's dead. This game is over. So I think about turn five, I looked at, I had my infantry. I had something like four infantry models left total. I had a Hellcat and then two officers and a truck. That's all I had left. And I mean, I'd, that probably shouldn't happen either. So like, obvious, like I, I, again, as as you said, you probably played it wrong as well. Like in terms of the board, like the board yeah. was a bit funny as well, wasn't it? It was a different board because of the way that it's built up. It's actually built, uh, I think we're going to have to forget some, photos i think you can find photos of this on uh the bolt action australia new zealand page but it's a pretty incredible board but one thing i will say for it is that like turn one and turn two you kind of don't really see anything and then turn three it's like the metal meets the road yeah so i think if you engage wrong if you if you put your I units did, yeah. through no, I did, and yeah. they have like the other your opponent has the better assault so the better you know like jump on you in terms of getting in with a point blank range yeah. that kind of yeah. thing in trouble yeah anyway I just, so that, that that went badly you got you it got went really roll. badly yeah I, got, I kind of but look it was lucky that that happened because i finished my game so early that i was then able to run around and take everyone's lunch order no so least, uh, i'm really glad that happened as well yeah and eventually everybody got lunch. eventually you and i think were the last to get served oh uh, that was the one of the only issues with the day i think um oh, was lunch like, service was a bit slow but we, we actually had a quite a long lunch like planned so it was, oh, yeah. it was actually worked out and to be okay the, the other thing to think about with that is uh and i noticed this uh, i went downstairs for a, for a cigarette at one point and uh i was looking at the uh, notice that they had out the front, the the club isn't actually open on a Sunday. They run the kitchen for league, so they they'll be running that kitchen on a skeleton staff, um, and usually they wouldn't get that many lunch orders in. So you know, I'm quite willing to just let that one that one go. I think they just I got a bit overwhelmed. I was talking to Stubbsy, and apparently they, did, they didn't put a waitress on. They have one guy. Yeah, taking orders, taking payments. And it was more the front of house stuff. I think it was like they were cooking him, pro- like you know. Oh, it was all right, it was, quick. But it was only one dude who was taking orders and running orders. When that and shit Stub- Stubbsy out. started bloody running um, oh. orders at one point. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, cool. Did he jump behind <laughs> the bar and start pulling beers at one stage? There, it was. Uh, I was like, okay, no worries. That's yeah, how we it do. Did, this. It hurt my soul a little bit as a as a bartender, but that's okay. Nah, mate, you would have done it so much better. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, okay, so game two, Tris. Game two. Uh, for some strange reason, I ended up playing Lee Avery. Um, I love Lee. He's a great Melbourne player. He asked to play you, actually. I still struggle to believe that. <laughs> you did ask <laughs> him yourself. I will. Um, yeah, I ended up playing Lee and his uh, veteran uh, British paratroopers, and yeah, just the dice did not love me. Um, the M3105 half-track howitzer uh, after Badgercom will be permanently retired because it's an absolute piece of shit. Uh, it's an Armour 7 bullet magnet where everyone just looks at it and goes, well, I'm just going to fucking take that right off the board. It has a ha- heavy, uh, sorry, medium howitzer on it. I'd shoot it at first as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, for some strange reason, anytime somebody shoots it with a mortar, they range in. Like if you have a mortar and you play me and I'm running the 105, mortar it because trust me you'll hit i can't wreck you can't do a fucking thing but i mean that that thing's like the the platypus of the bolt action world it's it's not one thing it's not another it's got yeah, it's, a, this combination. a bit of a gun and a bit of a half track and a bit of this and it i just wish i just wish that there was some sort of uh unit entry where i could run it 
for less points as a 75 millimeter pack howitzer on a on a on a half track because that would make sense for me like running it as a medium howitzer is annoying because it's like i mean it looks good and everything like that but it's just a lot of points and i don't really want to use it for this i'd rather you know if, like the americans are a little bit restricted with what they can stick in the back of a half track i mean fucking germans they put everything in half tracks it's like let's put this in a half track yeah it sounds a great idea hans get onto it you know make that happen you, you've seen those uh, two, three, fours I run that have got the seventy-five millimeter and a yeah. Puma chassis. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool as hell. I love that shit. But um, the Americans, it's, it's yeah, and a lot of my shit is in my list because I want to impress for best painted. So it's not there because it works particularly well. It's there because hopefully it attracts enough of you know it attracts eyes where they go, oh, that looks nice, and I get votes. But like I said, Badgercon, that'll be it. I think that um, my Americans will be. Uh, rested uh, somewhat permanently yeah (laughs) fuck you Uh, and then they'll just come out for things like when JL and I decide to do um, Battle of the Bulge or Market Garden when you you guys eventually get to that well we've got to build those tables first yeah we can't keep going to your dining room table (laughs) because those games are not good (laughs) maybe just play on your kitchen floor concentrated I like how I like how Tristan keeps deflecting from the fact that he got steamrolled again (laughs) and this is it everyone like I've had a couple of people I I remember like a little while ago there was someone was talking about the bolt action GT uh, that was happened up in Newcastle the same weekend and somebody was like, oh, you should go up to that. You should, you'd be really good at that. And I'm like, you guys do realize I'm not that good at ball. We had a bigger actually. event than them. They had 22 players. Up high. Up high. Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah, I get this thing where like, oh, you know, like Tristan, you should go up to the GT. You know, you do well. I'm like, you guys do realize I'm not that good at wargaming. Like, I'm okay. But generally, I'm pretty shit. Like, like I've only ever taken like two podiums in the entire, the entire time I've played bolt action. Yeah, it's two. That's actually really. I've, I've, I've never had three. a podium. <laughs> I've never had a podium finish in all my years of playing what? any war game ever. Really? No, Bullshit! No, you never took once. a podium. You've taken a podium of bolt action. Uh, nope. No, no. Oh well, okay. Um, there've been a couple where it's been best German player, but there were so many. British and American players that were it's first, second, doesn't third, and matter. It's tough to count as well if it's a, an event with like a dozen players or less. Exactly. <laughs> and this is I, I used to love it when we had the was it best uh, best ally, best axis, best minor ally, best minor axis, and you get like the one guy who came along with Finns or you know Hungarians or something. I was like, oh well, you win by default, <laughs> have a trophy. <laughs> But luckily, we're starting to see a you know a, a larger number of minor nations. So well, we need really to do that. that. We need to do that again now if we're running um you know medium size events again. Because you reckon? Because well, I mean, it doesn't work so much so well if it's only a dozen players. True. But if you've got tw- you know twenty to thirty players, I think you know. If you want to run it for the next event, I'll sort that out. No worries. But I'm happy to do that. Well, well, I'm, not I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna refund the guy who bought my fins. <laughs> I'm going to jump the fence back. Maybe a way to address that is to say, look, this is this is on the table if there are more than five players from minor nations. Not a bad idea. Well, I guess the idea as well is to just encourage people to take minor nations. I don't care if only one people person takes it because, you know, like one person takes a minor power or two people take it just so they can win the prize. It encourage might encourage other people to play them because I'm sick of seeing the big four. Mm. I really want to encourage more people in the community to run. Minor powers, was it? Uh, to be honest, they're more interesting. Are the Australians a minor power? Yes. They're like British, aren't they? They're the New Guinea selector. It's the, actually it's the Australian army in the, in the I, New Guinea. Book. I know what it is. So I'm just saying, it, doesn't it fall under the British army? 
Well, I mean, e- everything falls under the British Army. Even the German Army. Ha <laughs> 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 um, Like you know what I mean. Like there'd be no minor, minor um, allied nations if you yeah, wanted, yeah, yeah, no, 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 countries like that. Uh, or not Greece, French, yeah. Uh, te- you could make an argument for the Finns, Greeks. That's what I said, Greeks, yeah. Yugoslavians, who were they yeah, on? Yeah, Yugoslavs. They, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Burma. Mm, no, yeah. Indian troops. Royal Thai Army. Royal, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, well, Indian troops is the British book too. That's true. That is very, very true. Mm. I'm trying to come up with others now, and I'm drawing a blank. Tasmanians. There you go. Yeah, Kiwis again. Kiwis, British, like yeah, British Canadians yeah. is British. Cana- yeah, Canadians are British. That's kind of annoying. Brazilians, Brazilians. Thank smoking you. Smoking snakes. The smoking snakes. Go. Is that you that's doing that list? Nah. No, you obviously if you're that. if you're running that award um, again, you need to um, oh. define the parameters. But I think that you know, like for example, the Sikhs probably. You know, I'd say they come under minor nations. For example, Australians should come under minor nations, and it's just to encourage. Yeah, I'm hearing you. You know the um, you know Rick, the guy who bought the Bulgarians. His next army is the Brazilians, and it's it's basically just it's basically Americans just looking a bit cooler. Where did the Brazilians so it's, it's, fight? It's kind of a bear selection. Yeah, where basically. did the Brazilians Oops. fight in World War Two? Uh, they did, I think, Western Western Europe. Thank did you. They? Yeah, I right. I don't know that. I'm just agreeing with him because I don't know the answer. Italy, I think, but um, there there weren't many. It was a very token yeah, token would, sort of effort. It would be. Considering yeah, was, that uh, South America was was uh, uh, oh, an, quite an, quite an, ambiguous, a Nazi harbor yeah. towards the end there. <laughs> to be honest, I, wanna, I also want to see more diversity in terms of like native troops and stuff because I know like oh, I mean I run Papuans and stuff, and that's for for a representation I guess. But I know like the French army had massive amounts of African troops from, oh, from, oh, yeah. from French so, West Africa. Uh, I, I would you, love to build a, a uh, Touareg army with the the blue yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah i think that'd be beautiful like if i think you, it was like ten thousand malians or something died in 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 the on the western front yeah. in world war Two. if it's you crazy. look at um if you look at berlin uh at the end of the war they actually had um uh, africans defending the reichstag well there, there was an indian indian unit but uh much like the the british ss unit it existed more as a propaganda exercise yeah. than a than a real thing, but th- it was certainly documented. There, there were a few of them around. Um, I don't think many, but it'd be a cool thematic. It really would, wouldn't list it? to play. So, guys in German uniforms with turbans. Yeah. yeah, you could absolutely do it. Yeah, absolutely. That was the thing. I think Garrett looked into it for a little while there. I thought that it, you know, I think that maybe he thought it was going to be a really. But you know, then I, I've exercise. never seen a, a full army of uh, Hansha guys with the fezes. I've, I've never actually oh, seen I that on the fez. table. I love a fez. Fezes are great. You know, you know what a fez, yeah. yeah. What well, yeah. the ones that the Senegalese guys? Yeah, wore. there's like a little red fez and the little hat. Like it's just, I mean, those guys. If if an army of those guys was running at me, I'd be like, you know what, I'm done. They're wearing fezes. What I've got nothing. Apparently, smoking well, jacket. Well, I, re- I read that there was a, that the Germans particularly had a lot of um, uproar, criticism, I guess, against the French for using for using them, like in in the Western Front, because they were they said they were barbaric or they were they they, yeah. they didn't follow the rules of warfare or whatever. Well, the, the, a lot of that comes down to um, a hangover from World War One. Um, so when the French troops occupied the Rhineland uh, and the the Saar in the 1920s, a lot of the occupation troops were were African, and the Germans being a little bit. Uh, shall we say racist 
in the 1930s. I don't You're think not known that's for going that. too, too far. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, felt that that was a deliberate insult, that they were quartering um, quote-unquote savages uh, in in Germany. So they, they had a very dim view of... Um, the, the French using colonial troops. No, it's super interesting. And I'd, I'd just like to see more colonial troops used. Yeah, in, absolutely. In, because, like, it's representation as well. Like, not yeah. everyone got a, not every guy who fought the fought the war was a white guy. Like, there was actually... Well, somebody was running... Um, I mean, like, Chinese and Japanese people would probably yeah. say that the majority... And, you know, Eurasian Russians would say that the majority yeah. of people who fought weren't white. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing you. Um, but it's... Uh, Byron, what army did Byron run? He ran Canadians. I yeah, think. I, I, I Canadian played Byron closet. in the first first game. Uh, man, that was a nail biter. That was a really great game. So I think he uh, was another one who went through for. Uh, tell us about that game, game, JL. Yeah, so Heartbreak Ridge. Um, he he, for for a relatively new player, man, he played that really well, and we came right down to the wire in in turn six. Um, yeah, so I, I was. Uh, running the Brandenburgers and two squads of full-strength uh, Volksgrenadiers and the Panzer IV a- against him. Um, he smoked my, my Panzer IV with his Sherman. Um, veteran Sherman gyro stabilizer, that thing just hosed down a lot of stuff. Um, but those, yeah, veteran veteran Brandenburgers, they stuck around. Um, the end of the game, there was... Just dribs and drabs. I think three men left out of the original seven men of those two squads, uh, kicking around, holding the centre objective. But we were getting very close to it being contested. Um, I still had a full ten-man Volksgrenadier squad um, holding my back line uh, at the end of the game. Uh, but yeah, it was an absolute nail biter. Uh, he he played that really well. If he if he keeps up playing, he'll be a be a very good player pretty soon that's awesome to hear i think he's come from other systems as well maybe yeah, he, maybe he knows the, the, yeah. the mechanics of how tabletop games work and and you know there are a couple of the fiddly little rules about set down and certain things that you know, he's still sort of figuring out but it was it was a really good game I think uh, I think like Brad uh, Byron is also is also a Canadian so that's fantastic it's nice to see Canadians are uh, well represented in the Melbourne scene well, that's going to get some flame. <laughs> Jail, what, what, who did you play in the second game? I played your Australian army. Oh, yes, you did. I did. Did you play? Well, it wasn't me who was actually playing it. it. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, so, more of the latter than the former. Young, um, young Jack Williams, yep. yeah. Uh, it, it didn't go well for, for, for Jack. Um, I think the, the thing about meeting engagement, uh, formerly Max Attrition, is there's a particular sequence of what units you target early on in the game. So anything that you can one-shot, you you just target that, hammer it down early on in the game so that you're reducing your opponent's dice pool. Um, we, we both deployed across the table in a pretty sort of linear way, but I, I had my tank in the middle um, coming up the road. Did, you, uh, did your ta- t- uh, Panzer IV have Tiger Fear? Yes. It did, there you go. It does have Tiger Fear. Um, I ball? always forget to use it, but it does have it. <laughs> what, what board were you on? Um, the jungle. Oh, no, not the jungle. No, it wasn't the jungle one. It was just a, a Western Europe, fairly generic sort of... Uh, I, I played both 
both games on the same table, actually. Oh, you should have told me. Sorry. I no, it did, didn't matter. By that stage, it was, yeah, it okay. was okay. By that but, stage, you knew how to play it and you had to win. Well, what, what happened was... Um, so I, I concentrated all of my strength in the middle of the board and just had flanks on either side, whereas he'd spread it out much more. So what I was able to do after I'd picked off the the um, small squishy units was uh, swing around to one side so that two-thirds of my army was facing one-third of his uh, and just really hose it down, concentrating on uh, every turn kill the squad outright don't just sort of half kill it kill it outright and uh take that dice out of the bag you know obviously that's how you how you win max attrition um yeah it was a, it was an interesting army to play against but uh that that, I, that army really struggles against um against armor um I was a bit. I forgot uh, when I did the round one matchups. I actually matched him up against our good friend Nathan Shuttleworth, and I thought, oh, Nathan Shuttleworth will be a good, good uh, opponent for for him, um, as he's very, you know, like he's very relaxed. He's, oh, you asshole! You did no, because it. Oh. He's, no, he's a very relaxed guy. No, 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 no. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had so, a Pershing. Yeah, oh, that that was the asshole I, part. I forgot that. And <laughs> I don't think there's ac- I don't think there's anything in Jack's army that Australian oh, he army had that a can actually can hurt the, the oh. Pershing. Um, so that was I, I, I'm sure the Panzer IV would have been just as problematic, particularly with with Tiger Fear. Um, but yeah. anyway, I, ho- I hope uh, you gave him the lesson, and he because he was, he's very keen. He wants to he wants to learn, so he would have taken he would have taken that collecting Japanese. I hear. Yeah, he he's just bought a um, a starter set. And um, and he's got the rule book and everything, so he's Good he's going to be doing that up, which is cool because I want I I want some Japanese players in Victoria, so I can do some campaign kind of games with my New Guinea Australians. Uh, yeah. Aaron and Cattle, it, it, Aaron Cattle is Japanese. Oh, does he? Yeah. I have to chat to him because I know that Brad does. Brad does Japanese, but they're actually like they're Shanghai kind of street fighting dudes rather yeah. than like uh, know, Rick, Pacific theater. Rick V also has Japanese. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't play very much, so that's he the doesn't. You kind of got to catch him a little bit. Just to reiterate, by the way, I'm not calling you an arsehole because you teamed him up with Nathan Shuttleworth. Nathan Shuttleworth is a fantastic opponent and a really good, a really good all round dude. I was literally just like, I, I was just like sitting here, just daydreaming. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, I felt bad because I, you know, I matched up with Shuttleworth, and I was just like, why do you feel bad? Nathan's a good dude. I gave Nathan that list. I know what's in that list. As a oh, God. <laughs> An Armour 10 tank that <laughs> turns out lighthouses and medium mortars and just, shit like just that can't do, not can't do, do anything. In, in, in a certain way, it, it wasn't the greatest matchup, um, which was largely my fault in the in the list that I took um, to, to play with with a, with a new player. And I'll, I'll certainly wear that because the, the combination of the Brandenburgers that can't be shot until you get within six inches... And the Volksgrenadiers, that the more you shoot them, the better they get. <laughs> well, for <laughs> you anyway. you shoot them with something big enough to kill a lot of them. Yeah. And I'll just say as well, I, I thought I, when I was doing the matchups, I'm like, oh, I'll give, give my mate to jail because jail's a, a good bloke as well. And that was a, maybe a mistake. Again. <laughs> <laughs> again, Oops. again, Sneaky Cheese. Sneaky Cheese. Sneaky That's Cheese. That's your name now, mate. Yeah. What, what, are they sneaky just because they're Brandenburgers? <laughs> They, they are really sneaky, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it did, their rules really didn't come into play too much um, because nobody was trying to outflank me the, the whole day. Um, yeah, but people still couldn't shoot them as they ran up the board, which would be helpful. Yeah. 
yeah. Can we just take a moment just to reflect upon the fact that JL nearly died that night? Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, not everyone knows this, but, um, uh, you know, one third of our illustrious uh, podcast is actually the lead singer of, like, what I'm pretty, I'm pretty set. Like, I've, I listen to a lot of heavy music. I like my music heavy. Uh, dude, I've listened to two of your albums on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure that both of them have rearranged my organs. Um, <laughs> it's really heavy stuff. So you basically, we finished the last game, did uh, presentations, and as like people were getting their stuff, you were walking out the door waving at us because you were off to play a gig. Yeah, I, I, I had uh, the, the rest of the guys from the band going, we're going to be at your house in 10 minutes. Uh, you'd better be there. We're, we've got to go sound check. Yeah. Um, so I was in a big hurry to, to hustle off and, and, and get there. But uh, something uh, really disagreed with me that, that night. I, I came off stage and usually I, I, I come off stage and when you, you sing like that, it's very physically intense. Oh, it really um, is. Yeah. Um, but I just started feeling worse and worse the the longer I came off, I, I, I didn't even stick around to see uh, the headliners that came all the way from Japan to play. Uh, I was feeling that crook. And uh, in the middle of the night, I just woke up and I was uh, wor- worshipping the porcelain god for for some time. <laughs> luck, luck, lucky you didn't have work on Monday. I took the day off. Yeah, uh, you are. You are you're, that's a, a bit a good of foresight. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's a, it was a rookie error. I woke up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I think I'm dying, and yeah, stumbled into work, and they're like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, oh, "I'll explain it later." But yeah. and, and, I've yeah. been playing toy soldiers all day. Yeah, <laughs> all <laughs> yeah you, you can't explain that to people. If, if I hadn't had the the gig, if if we had just done the tournament, yeah, I still would have been tired. But I'm I'm very lucky in my uh, my work that I'm geared up to work remotely. Um, yeah, I, I travel a lot for work anyway, so I would have normally just taken my laptop home with me on Friday night and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna." work from home in the morning and maybe come in in the afternoon or mm. something um, man i was wrecked after after sunday oh you do um yeah there was a it was a big day of uh, a big weekend of organizing if you count the saturday night went home and i was in bed watching rick and morty until <laughs> oh <laughs> until okay. i went to sleep <laughs> so we, we we should put a caveat in here lucky watch clerks i did watch we, clerks we got on, him to watch on it saturday night i slept on tristan's couch it was great yep. you met what? uh you met nikki and lex i did we had some good dumplings, and then we sat down and watched Clerks. It was good. Um, it was a good movie. Um, quite wasn't quite as uh, spectacular as the two of you said it was going to be. But well, it was somebody good. fucked a dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> How is that not spectacular? <laughs> That's crazy. That, was, that was pretty sick. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was a very it was a very clever movie to be honest. It really was. Um, kind of reminds me a bit about a bit about myself. I always. You know, moaning, bitching, and moaning, and not really doing anything to to change my, my situation. Just because but, they serve you doesn't mean they like you. Yeah. Well, next time, I, uh, the next one on the the next cab on the rank is to get you to watch more rats, which I think you might enjoy a bit more. Well, you said it was a bit more commercial. It is very commercial. It's, it's much much lighter in tone as well. Yeah, it's it really is. It's a lot crushing. of like there's a lot of there's a lot more slapstick, sight gags. Um, I think you'll enjoy it a heck of a lot more. And there's like, you know, it's a lot more Star Wars references and Stan Lee's in it and yada, yada, yada. I did like the um, the, the Star Wars conversation in it about, um, was it the, the contractors on the Death Star? Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think your average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet? <laughs> it's like they would have plumbers and electricians. And I mean, there must have been tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that yeah. died in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. They would have had to be. Have you ever seen the thing about the, the some climate scientist worked out what the explosion of the second Death Star 
would have done to Andor. And they said it would have actually extinguished all life on the whole moon. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Because it would That's be amazing. like chunks of, of rubble the size of a skyscraper falling yeah, through yeah, the air. Yeah. I said, um, well, I, my, my favorite article that I've ever read was some economists's, um, was this kind the of wrote Death up, Star? yeah, the first Death Star. He wrote up how, like, the entire galaxy would go into economic depression, like, for g- decades, um, <laughs> yeah. after, after the, the, the explosion of the Death Star, because, you know, like, he kind of compared it to the Manhattan Project, um, where so much capital and expense was, go- was put into making this, you know, these military weapons and stuff, and then, like, investors and shit like that goes into it and then like if that all just disappears then i don't know people there's nothing to show for it yeah basically mm-hmm. and see, the entire galaxy just goes in economic depression That's see unfortunately funny. when you're dealing with a galaxy that has like you know you know hundreds of the hundreds of thousands of worlds that are enslaved to a an oppressive um you know empire you don't really sweat losing a you know a couple of trillion credits you know it's just well whatever we'll just build another one that's the way they roll that's how it's how papa palpatine rolls man You'd be fine. Palpatine did nothing wrong. Papa Palpatine. Give him no palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to run th- quickly run through my my games at Operation Grief. So I, I, I run the Gumby. I run my Russian list. A T3485, um, a Naval Squad, an SMG Squad, a Guard Squad, and just, you know, just pretty ca- um, standard stuff. Sniper, MMG, um, medium mortar, that kind of shit. Um, so I play first off I played against Peter from League of Ancients and uh, so it was uh, I played in your table jail and it was Heartbreak Ridge he had his um, his German army, army with a with a Puma which was pretty cool I really liked that tank like just the aesthetics was awesome armored car a bunch of yeah it was an armored car it had a bunch of um, just veterans I was you know it was a pretty standard list apart from the Puma I thought um, but we've kind of put both pushed it up forward. Um, my anti-tank rifle has kind of sneakily gotten up to kill his uh, air observer before he can shoot it. He was kind of waiting for my for my tank to come on, which decided not to show up in into the second turn because it was in reserve. So it came in turn three, and that was just enough time for me to uh, get my sneaky anti-tank rifle in to kill his air observer, which was cool. Um, but uh, I outflanked a bunch of stuff, um, and it kind of went sour. Um, my naval squad bounced off his veterans, uh, that sucked, like in combat. But my SMG squads ran up, taken off a squad in the middle, and finally my, my T-34s come on and basically taken off this shit in the middle, um, where he was kind of bunkering down, contesting, contesting the middle objective. Um, and then suddenly, like by turn five or six, he realised, oh shit, I've got nothing, nothing left in the middle to take it. Um, so I won on the objective there. But that was a really good game. I could see that Peter was, um, he knew what he was doing, but he was there to learn. Like he wanted to, to you know, we had a good, good, good tactical game kind of thing. Um, and he said, you know, he learned a lot from that game, which was cool. Second game was I played against. Uh, Viv from Knight of Dice um, with, with the army that you painted, Tristan, the, the British. It was a really cool army. Thank you. Um, so it was, it was a very vanilla army. He had like five in, infantry squads. Yeah. He, what was the tank he had? He had a... Sherman Firefly VC. Yeah. So that was that was a cool tank because it only has one gun. I mean, it has the coaxial, but it doesn't have any hull mounts. 
or anything. Yeah, they pulled that out. British were just, they were like, we don't need this. Yeah, it's taking up ammo, I suppose. But, but when you say it's got one gun, man, that's, that's, that's a big a gun. Big gun on that. Super thing. super heavy, plus seven. Yeah, plus seven. So yeah. and that actually took that took out my two thirty four. We were kind of just dueling dueling them though, because he so Viv um he's played a few games, but he hasn't played in a while, so he's still kind of relearning the rules of it a little bit. Yeah, I wrote a, I wrote his list for him. It was um everything was regular. It was just a three man second lieutenant with two bros, air, uh, artillery observer with two bros, five. Eight man squads, NCO with a submachine gun, a light machine gun, sniper, Piat, VC Firefly. That was it. There wasn't. A, it was like a thousand points. I was kind of really. He got me to paint that up as a. It was like a the British starter army, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sort of popped that together for him. That was a good looking list, but yeah. So we kind of just threw it through down, and um, we ended up drawing on, on on points. It was kind of funny in the last turn or two, everything on both sides were pinned out. We just kept failing order checks, and and we're just kind of laughing at each other, having a good time. It was, um, yeah, it was good, 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 good to see. Okay. Yeah. Fib's a good bloke, so it's nice to see uh, individuals like that in the community. Yeah, for sure. He's, I mean, like his, his company's awesome. I love his his terrain. I love. Yeah. I love it when he comes to events. Because he's a good dude. It is. It's really good to see him uh, floating around the place. It was uh, Mike Parker was also talking about stopping by, but didn't have the chance. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. So um, we also had so we had a few big cats though at the event, didn't we, guys? I saw a few. Uh, what do we have? Nick Beatty had the King Tiger. He had the King Tiger. With, He's um, obsessed with the King Tiger. He loves it. He wants to take it to, to Operation Bear as well, I think. But I think, um, so Brad, Mr. Brad Moran had a Panther. He, he almost took a Sturm. Oh, I, the, I almost, the, yeah. almost convinced him to take a Sturm Tiger. That would have been pretty funny. Yeah, the the Ertz Panther. That's uh, I considered one. The, the version of the list that I tested, um, I had that in there, but... At a thousand points, it's um, it's a it's a point sink. Um, not being able yeah. to shoot at it until it opens fire is pretty cool. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's Brad's. Uh, I think Brad had a. Was it a Brandenburger list? No, it wasn't. It it it, it was, it was the it. Brandenburger models, but he wasn't using the, the sneaky cheese. Yeah, uh, the sneaky cheese. Uh, few can wield the sneaky cheese. Ah. JL is one of them. Yeah. I think was there another tiger running around? I can't. I didn't I, see I another one. God, I, don't, I don't remember, man. I literally, I, I, that day is kind of a blur because yeah. I spent. I, if I, I wasn't playing, I was running around. The problem is, I, re- I read so many bloody German lists on the on the lead up to it. I can't remember. I think there we had were, a, uh, was another sorry? tiger. We had a Pershing. That's right. We had, we had a Pershing. Pershing. Yep, which is Pershing. cool to see. Um, and we've kind of had a little bit of a request on uh, on our Facebook channels about to talk about. Uh, how, the viability of big cats. Yeah, well, not mm. uh, not even the viability, but if you want to run a big cat, how do you run them? You now, don't. I actually don't have a lot of experience in running big cats um, because, I mean, I don't play Germans and that that's normally what... We, well, hang on. Okay, so hang have. on. So you've you've never really... I think the closest you've come to running an Armour 10 tank is when you brought on a KV-2, right? Yes, that, I, that, I have, have run that. All and right. that, 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 that's not a very good tank. But, no, I mean, it's not. But JL, have you run Armour 10 frequently? Yeah, uh, well, not. I wouldn't say frequently. Um, and when I say Armour 10, there's a bit of a caveat to that. The, the Tiger, Panther. Yeah, the Tiger itself, um, we don't tend to play enough big points games to really warrant that. The yeah. Panther, where it is technically a medium, but it's 10 on the front, I'll I'll bring out the Panthers now and again. So that's about three hundred and fifty points, isn't it? Yeah. Compared it's to a Tiger, a, which is a little uh, bit five hundred, I think. 
See, here's yeah. the thing: is like we have this we have this thing that basically says, "Nah, they're not worth it unless you get to like big points games." Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to run like a fifteen hundred point game, would you consider that? Would you think that a tiger is worth it for fifteen hundred points? Yeah. Even a twelve fifty, I reckon they're much more yep. viable. Just it's, because it's, it's you've got viable. The- Whether I would say it's automatically worth it. Um, look, I find myself a little bit disappointed in the way that I handle armor on the table quite regularly. I, I find that I just fluff it somehow. It, I, it just doesn't I'm, do what I'm I want. I'm recalling a game between you and I at Brad's Tank Wars a game, which did not go yeah, well. Yeah, that for didn't you. go well. <laughs> no, that that didn't. But if you look at the uh, so what did, what did I have there? I had uh, two Stugs, a Panther, and an armored car or something. Yeah, Stug 42 um, in there somewhere. You, you, you were just outgunning and outdicing me with those um, open-topped little... Well, I have four gremlin. Hellcats, two Wolverines, and two Greyhounds. My whole thing was like a... a, light, a well, no, I, I, won, I won best theme for that. I won Hannah Swag. Oh, did you? Yeah, cool. Yeah, and it was... The, the whole idea was it was a light recon element. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was lightly armored. Everything was open-topped. Yep. It was all glass hammer. But, but his, it, get good against the field, though, for sure. Well, no, I got absolutely steamrolled by Garrett game one. He absolutely... Yeah, he yeah, he yeah which again was a, was a lightly armored list. Yeah, lightly armored. Like, and, um, it's technically a tank platoon. But <laughs> it was technically a tank platoon. But, I mean, tell you what, it, he absolutely poleaxed me. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is you guys are saying between you know, 1250 to 1500, yeah, they're, they're not optimized, but they're viable. I disagree because at... What do you say it was? Five hundred and fifty points for a tiger. For, from memory, I mean the the books here somewhere. Give, give but, or take, yeah. it's a, a ballpark. It, I can take two to three Hellcats for the same points, mm-hmm. and they've got. A, what's the penetration value on a tiger's gun? Oh, it's Hellcats are really heavy. good though. It's, it's a, a false super heavy. F- false dichotomy. Yeah. And look, the, and the, <laughs> the thing there as well is that. Uh, look at what look at what happened with with Operation Heavy, right? So we we set out and we formatted the event where the idea was take your biggest nastiest beast. No, to it, it wasn't take your biggest nastiest. Well, that, it was that just, was how it was I just, read it. It was just it was just take something big and stupid. Okay, it but was the, have, the have a thousand that, points to yep. play with and then have three hundred points. The, for a the tank. lists that won were won for the same reasons that your Hellcat list mauled up my uh, my armored stuff. That there was more of it um there were more dice in the bag they they may have been glass cannons but when each you can put out two shots onto each one of my my tanks yeah. for every one of yours you're you're in a good good spot there that's right half the battle is hitting like mm. you might have shit armor but if you if you're in a shootout with two shots against one like you're already or winning three shots against one three shots against and one and part of that problem as well is that uh, the tables we play on are too small to to make to really get the advantage of uh, the super heavy guns where their their range is just really really long on a 6x4 you're not seeing the advantage of that if we were playing tank wars on two six by fours you would start to see the viability of anything that had a super heavy gun um really coming into its own do you think the advantage comes in when um because it's because of the half range not obviously not the the full range but the half range in terms of the penetration value yeah. and long yeah. range i think i mean that's where it definitely come in i think yeah i th- i think that that's a big part of it um because really we're at in any any game that we're playing on a six by four that's knife fight range for a tank fight. It really you know, is. That you're really, usually the sweet spot for engagement with 
tanks is somewhere between a kilometer and a half and 750 meters. Uh, if we work out what the... It's so far away, it's is. to the point where you need optics to see what you're shooting at, is what yeah. you're getting at. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're really playing at point-blank range, which is a little bit silly. So that certainly all of the analysis I've, I've ever read around uh, where the big cats did well in real life was that their engagement range was long, their optics were good, their fire discipline was good, they would be hitting you at a range where you would have to be in their target zone for quite some time before you could close and, and, and get to... Yeah, that's it why, was that's why something like a Tiger would just kick the shit out of T-34s and they're shooting at like double the range, essentially. Yeah, but there were, I mean, Germans were also really good at ambush tactics as well, of setting something up, making sure you couldn't see it, you'd be driving down a the road, then the lead vehicle takes a hit. Hopefully they but, can then score a hit on the end vehicle... W- for sure, sorry. You can also do that with the with the long range as well, right? Because no, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So it's like all of a sudden, if you're in a vehicle column of like five or six different tanks on a road, the lead vehicle is suddenly ventilated and it's 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 on fire and you're watching all your friends die. And then perhaps, you know, three or four vehicles back, another vehicle is taken out. Well, it just so is panic because all of a sudden it's like, okay, these things are shooting us from a long way away. We don't quite know where they are. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage of I mean, the German army, the dichotomy of that the way that they handled their business was extreme. It was brutally yeah. effective. So at, at the kind of ranges that we're talking about for bolt action, I, w- I would put my money on a Hetzer rather than a Tiger every day in that relationship between it's nearly half the cost, but it has a gun that's not significantly worse at what's, that What's range. the pen on a Hetzer? Uh, it's, a, it's a heavy AT gun on that yeah, tiny so little thing. Yeah, like if you, if, you run a, if you run a Hetzer, which is plus six... What's the what, armor eight, armor nine? Uh, it's armor nine on the front. It's got weak side armor. Um, yeah, but it's tiny. It's very hard. Yeah, to that's hit it. and that's the that's the good thing about something like a Hellcat. It's also not open topped, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have a turret. So that's it the, has the, that three sixty degree um, MMG on MMG, the top, as, as which well, is a, which is a re- neat. remote controlled. Yeah, yeah. The thing about the Hellcat, I don't know. I know it's a weird unit, but it's low slung. But it is. It's only armor seven. It's like a fucking half track you can ventilate this thing very easily but it does only unless you get the heavy machine gun for it which i never do you get one swing like one fucking swing and a lot of the time like if you like i mean in version one it was a hell like in version one the hellcat was a no-brainer for me like it was like every fucking list i'll take a hellcat because exactly. it, it had recce yeah you yeah, pay your, you pay your five or ten points or whatever it was and you come out take a shot are oh, you gonna shoot at me recce behind a building Good luck. Try again next time. Yep. So, I mean, my equivalent of that uh, in, in version one when Recky was still a big thing, really a, a very similar unit. It's the, the, the Puma, Puma, the Puma yeah. with the uh, 75 millimeter gun mounted. That's in another it. great unit. Yep. Not so good now that Recky is not, not such a big thing anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't been running that for a long time. But getting, getting back to big cats, is this is the pain in the ass. Is bolt action it doesn't reward you enough for taking something mm-hmm. big like that. And I see what they've done with Tiger Fear. They've tried to kind of, you know, say, well, if you want to take it, take it because you get this cool rule, but then you also gave it to Panzer Fours. So why would I go and take a Tiger when I can take something half the price? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, a Panzer Four is not quite as good. It's just, it's just a German Sherman. But, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I think they fucked up with Tiger Fear. I don't think I it really should have gone. I really think there's something in the... The way that that um, in, you can see it if you look at the uh, tank design your own tank matrix, the matrix, um, the matrix of leadership. 
<laughs> the matrix of leadership. Design your own. Get leader. the fuck out. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I didn't design Optimus Prime. Uh, anyway, Prime. The, the there there is something about when it gets over armor nine, you have rapidly diminishing returns. That's diminishing returns is the best way of putting it. Is if you get up to like you know armor armor nine is is the sweet spot. Armor ten, I think the only the only advantage the only uh, example that I can think of of a, an armor ten tank that is worth taking every day of the week is if you're a British player, and I think it's the Churchill for Mike's Mark Six. I think that's two hundred and sixty five points. You get an armor ten slow tank with a seventy five millimeter gun that also has a two inch HE template. It's got a coax MMG and a hull mount MMG. Um. That is the only heavy tank that I can think of on the top of my head that is worth its points because it doesn't crack 300. Yes, it's slow, but it's armor 10 and the gun is dual purpose. So you can engage infantry and artillery. Uh, infantry right, and I, armor. I, have a, I have a suggestion about what we could do to, to prove my point of this, which is one of two things. We either get Play two more or games. three tables and see what it looks like when the engagement range is much longer, or we play on a 6x4 with uh, 172 scale tanks which we could you know I I, pr- I prefer some. the first option because I don't want to have to go and buy more tanks yeah but we could borrow some off a of flames player and ju- just to, to check this um, my well, f- but I suspect you could kind of see, like you could come to the conclusion that if you're if you're at you know the Tiger's max range or whatever and you're fighting against the T-34 with much less range then the, the Tiger's gonna win but uh, no it's, it's one shot you miss a shot, it closes range, and all of a sudden it's shooting at you. It's and this is it. Like a lot of a lot of like tank dueling, I find comes down to luck. How many times have we had it where we've had tanks that are sitting right next to each other, and then you're rolling ones and twos to hit? It it's it's a fucking dice roll, and you kind of have to give yourself the best possible chance. Um, the the nations that give themselves the best, or the nation that gives itself the best chances, are veteran Americans. Um, because they get the gyro stabilizers on certain vehicles. I think Sherman's Chaffee's, uh, I think the Pershing gets it. As you said, though, the, the, the German tank would be able to um, to hide itself in cover and stuff as well. So, Oh, the Hetzer? No, I mean, like, the whatever has got the bigger range would be able to hide itself in cover. So it'll, it's mm. not only getting... Um, doesn't have to move to shoot, but... but yeah. But the, I mean, we come down to part of the how things played out in reality, which was that... Um, there were more tank kills coming from Stugs than there, there were from those big cats because, yeah, yeah you, you're not trying to necessarily move a Stug around. You put it in a bush and go, this is really a bush, guys, please believe me. Yeah. Um, and just wait for something to, to come along. Um, well, it's ambush tactics. That's yeah. They did that with most of their tanks and the whole idea was you just, you literally hide yeah. the fucking thing. But you do that, you don't need a turret on it. No, you, you, you can point build it in three, a direction. You can build yeah. three of those for every tiger that you, that's, you build. That's the rub. And that's that's unfortunately the rub. Is like the Stugs were remarkably cheap and easy to pump out and yet they started to go down this avenue of like bigger is better. Yeah. So I, we've talked we've talked in the past, I'm, I'm absolutely certain about whether there is a points penalty built into the German book that reflects the relative scarcity of these these vehicles. My feeling is that there actually is. Um, I mean, there's evidence maybe to the contrary in the the vehicle design matrix, but my impression has always been that the, the rarity of these units um, and the cool factor, the wow factor of it, 
um, really pushes those points up. I see. I think the only the only people that actually uh, purchase, paint up, and field things like tigers are new players. All right, so that get brings me back to what I wanted to say. Not, Sorry. Not, not just everyone bitching about how shit... No, no, I'm not are. bitching about no, it. No, for I sure, would no. love for them to be I, more absolutely. viable. So, the, I think the que- the question is, which I'd like to explore just a little bit more, is if you want to run a big tank, how do you do it best? What do you... Like, if you if you want to run a Pershing, or you, you want, want the, you want to run a Tiger, or a Tiger 2, or... Do you want the real answer or, or the cynical answer? Well, don't say, just don't do it. No, but. no, no. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, say yeah. that. Okay. okay, the cynical answer, if you want to do that, is you don't take it to events. You run it on garage But if you days. want to run it at an event... If you want to run it at well, an event... Oh, well, if, if I were to answer that question, it would be um, I would want to have some kind of secondary anti-tank, yep. um, a pack 40, ideally. Well, there's your list. Yep. You're done. Tiger on a back well, forward, you're done. It depends on the size, but yeah, something that can go. You have you have put a pin on your opponent's um, equally heavy tank, and yours comes on from reserve. When that one's pinned and unlikely to be able to get a shot at you, uh, you take that out. I mean, you you will bully the shit out of uh, an infantry list with with it, but it's psychological. You know, the best thing to do it when facing... think Maybe flip that around the other side. What do you do when you're fighting against a big cat in, uh, you with your army? You avoid it, I guess. You ignore it. You just go, you can maybe kill one unit a turn. If I've got eight units, there's only six turns. Um, you're almost not going to be killing one whole unit every turn. That means that by the law of averages, you will hold your objectives. Um, remember, it can't capture or hold objectives... But I guess what you can do, particularly if you've got Tiger Fear, I guess, is um, put yourself in a position where mo- a lot, of, you know, a lot of the battlefield is in view of of the of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. I actually find it found it pretty amusing actually, actually on the weekend when I found out that Tiger Fear, like if if you're a tank that causes Tiger Fear, you still receive Tiger Fear from another tank. So. Brad and Nick played each other for round one. Yep. So the the Panther and the the Tiger one, uh, Tiger two, sorry. They were Tiger fearing each other. Tiger fearing each other. How that? Uh, that's how only weird is that? that's only if. So say that Brad was playing Nick. It's only if you are not using your tank to attack his tank directly. If Brad's Panther is going to go and try and attack the Tiger, he doesn't. He doesn't have to. Only on a fire fit. order as well. So it has apparently. I thought it was an advance of fire. So I think I it, if you are. So I think that they're telling me is an advance order. You need to. You still need a test for Tiger. Uh, I might be wrong. I don't run German, so uh, I I don't run big. Ca- well, now that now that they've given it to the Panzer Four, I really should <laughs> learn this better. But um, I've been running Stugs and Panzer Threes. Uh, yesterday was uh, sorry. Last week was the uh, first time I've run my uh, Panzer Four since the new rules that give it uh, give it Panz- uh, Tiger Fear have come in so. did you remember to roll like at your opponent's roll i always for forget yeah it's like it's like turret jam we just yeah nah. my other question is do you reckon now that people are, well, it seems that people are, answer the first we well i don't think did do, do you have an answer I'm, uh, i mean i'm struggling <laughs> no i'm well, struggling no, no i'm hearing you, i'm hearing you because it's okay okay like so okay, all right all right so i'm just to, to to pose a question like that you know how do you how do you do this the first thing I'm going to ask you, and this is hypothetical, okay, what's the points value I'm working with? I'll say you run a 400-point tank in a 1,000-point list. I thought you were going to say a 400-point lit. I'm like, what 400-point are you, of any, you going to In 1,000 points, 
you run... No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. So you and I, we're all off to an event. What's the points value? A thousand points. A thousand points. And I'm going to run a heavy tank? You want to run a tiger. I want to run a tiger. Or I'm going to run a panther a... even. What's a panther worth at reg? 350. 350. So how, how, do be- how do you best 400. use that panther? Well, it, it, it also it depends what else you're putting in. Yeah. You know, uh, if I was going to do that, I would be Volks Grenadiers all day. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, that's kind of what you got to do. You'd then have to be looking at uh, a sniper. You wouldn't have any transports because you've already vacuumed up all your points. Your officer's going to be inexperienced. You'd probably try and chuck in a Nebelwerfer and a mortar because you're going to need something on the back line to take care of infantry because your infantry is definitely not going to do it. Um, and then possibly... That'd be about it, I think. By the time you put in a mortar, a Nebelwerfer, a sniper three or four squads of inexperienced bullshit and uh, an inexperienced officer, that's going to be it. Your list is done. Yep. Um, so what, what you'd be looking at doing is um, everybody is going to go, oh, I can't can't hurt the, the big cat. I'm going to try and fire small arms at your Volksgrenadier squads. Surprisingly enough, that's actually what you want. You want, but you don't one. want to. But Ideally, you'll lose one and upgrade. Yeah, caveat in there: you don't want them getting hit by HE. Exactly. You want them hitting yep. by small arms. You know, yep. maybe taking a, yep. a body or two. Yep, but that that can have a surprising impact if you upgrade three units. Suddenly, your backline is a lot stronger than it was it before, is. and you can use that big cat a lot more aggressively than you might do otherwise. Right. But I guess a lot of the time you probably should be using that big cat as aggressively as you can because you, you don't want to be paying that many points. Yeah, but when when a hundred po- when a hundred point medium AT gun has got a very good chance of popping it, um, you're what very conservative. Hang on, hang on. What hundred point AT gun? Oh, sorry, hundred and fifty point medium medium AT gun. What? Wow, hang on. What? What? What AT gun are you talking about? Uh, let's let's say a side armor shot from a uh, pack. Pack thirty eight. My my yeah my American uh fifty seven millimeter medium anti tank gun is plus five. I think that's sixty or seventy points, bro. Oh, okay. oh so you're saying lower than lower? Than, yeah, much yeah, lower. Okay. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. you're talking like you're getting yeah, into well, like flak eighty eight five point Panzerfausts. Yeah, if something gets close to it, oh it, my it God. can be mincemeat. A twenty point flamethrower. But a flamethrower is probably more more worrisome, isn't it? Oh but, yeah, that's, but, that's something else I put into the tiger. But if it's, a, but if it's a, a medium anti tank gun, do you just like surely you don't want to be getting bullied to bullied into keeping you your big cat on on the back line trying yeah, to get some. I, th- I think that's a shots. mistake. If you if you're going to do it, you've got to roll for sheep stations. You're you're going to go well, big or go home. Yeah, but just that's, ro- that's, drive at the objective. Just trying to yeah, try and drive I off would, whoever you can. I would try and soften up my opponent first. That's why I included something like a Nebelwerfer and a medium mortar. Yeah, we so can do first, both. You first can, you turn, can like everything is shooting on that asset yeah. to take that off the board. So that my tank has got a little bit more freedom to move around. So, so that's a good point. So yeah, yeah. Tar- target the things with your your Nebelwerfer and your your, in, your, your indirect that can actually yeah. uh, that one can actually one thing that you. maybe so, some players might forget is uh, if your opponent goes into a building, drive your tiger through that building. Through, yeah, assault the building. <laughs> yeah. You have to be more than nine inches away, so you have to be able to pref- you have to be able to perform a run order. So you have to be ten, like nine and a half, ten inches away from the building, perform your run order, and run the fucker over, and hope to God they've got somebody on the ground floor, the first floor, the second floor, and maybe even in the attic. 
Mm-hmm. Because that then you might just, get your points back. <laughs> then you've definitely got your points back. And that's the other thing that we you've got to remember, guys, is that this is my big issue with um, heavy tanks. You know, big, big, big cats. Is they don't make their points back. Never. Cool. And um, I don't think it's always about making your points back as well. Um, and I use this as well with my T thirty four eighty five. And is that if I can trade that, if I can get enough people, enough units firing at it, and you know enough. I don't know, basically enough attention on it. Even if it dies, it's only worth one dice. You're not, when you lose something, you, it doesn't, like, unlike other games, it doesn't matter what the points is worth. It's still only one dice. So if yeah, you but can. It's, but it's the quality of the troop that's left over after that dies that your opponent's firepower is then going to turn on. It's like, if, I'm not yeah. advocating for it to die. No, no, get, no, no, kill it, get no, it to I'm, die ten one or whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that. Like, if you, I mean, you're correct. As a player, if I'm playing against somebody who plays a big cat, yeah, I'm going to go for the big cat because I want it off the board. I either want to ignore it or destroy it. Mm. There's no, there's no gray area. There's no in between. I either literally want to ignore it and just, just get on with my business and just hope that it doesn't fuck me up too badly, or I'm going to turn around and try and put a hole straight through the middle of it. Now, if if I'm not able to do that, then it's going to kind of, it's going to sort of, you know, cramp your style a little, a little bit. But also, like, if I can turn around and take that off the board, I know full well that the quality of the troop that is now left behind is not great because or, it's or going to be inexperienced bullshit, yeah. and that's do easy the, to kill. The opposite of that, and th- that was what we saw at Operation Heavy with um, old mate that had the tiger and the king tiger, Jack Norman. Props. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a very ballsy move. You know, um, my, my, ti- my tiger and his tiger and his king tiger just sat there throwing lead down range. We couldn't even hit each other all game. But meanwhile, I had just gone, um, let's kill all his infantry. When that's gone, um, well, that's, I can that's, even that's, just, just that's two, back off. Back that's off. two turns of shooting. <laughs> yeah, just back off and go, well, now I hold however many objectives. Um, even if you wanted to, you can't hold them. You could maybe try and shoot me off or run me run me off. Tank it. shock you off the tank shock me off it. But if I've got six infantry units, um, even if they're two man squads or whatever, you can't kill them quickly enough. That's it. You've only got six turns to do your damage, and yeah, I like I said. I, like, I mean, Anthony will probably have it. Anthony's run a lot of big cats. He loves running big tanks. Uh, sadly, he doesn't play too much anymore. Um, but yeah, like. The thing is, I look at Brad. Brad took like a fucking Sturm Tiger to an event and had a great time with it. So, at the end of the day, I mean, like, if your focus is to go to an event and win, big cats are not going to help you do that. I'm sorry. There's, they're, they're just, you've said it perfectly. You had three tanks all thrown lead at each other. I imagine they were, you know, not at long range. Maybe they were. Maybe there was cover. Maybe there wasn't. But at the end of the day, it's still one shot. Now, if we start getting some sort of metric where all of a sudden, you know, Tiger can fire three shots in rapid succession or something like that. Yeah, that might change things. Mm-hmm. But the alternative is that you go and buy, instead of buying the one really big expensive tank, you go and buy three or four smaller tanks like Hellcats or Stuarts. Or I'm only using Americans as examples because I know American armor really well and I know, I know how it works. But um, yeah, if you go and buy three smaller things like Finns, go and buy it. Instead yeah. of getting like, you know, one big, big, nasty, you know, whatever it is, I think the KV1 is about the most expensive tank they can get. Go and get three BT-42s. You well, might the, not be able the, to kill as much, but you'll certainly be able to put the pins down. The, the one thing I'd, I'd like to sort of raise about this, and it's a good seg- segue into uh, another segment that we wanted to, to cover, is this stuff, uh, the 
the big cats are not great for tournament play. No. They are very fun for um, casual play where you might say, okay, one side has 35% more points than the other side that covers that difference to, to compensate them for having a great big point sink. Uh, but in a balanced environment where everybody has a thousand points and technically everything is supposed to match each other up, mm. I don't think they're a really viable choice. No. Which is a shame. I love them to bits. You know, I've got so we many. We all of do. Them. But I, I it's makes, it makes me want to. Uh, I'm not going to because I want to do minor nations. It makes me want to do a German list and play a panther or something. Well, and prove borrow, you're wrong. Borrow, borrow one of mine. For, borrow one of mine and take it for. For a, an might, afternoon, I might. I might. E- even just we'll, we'll have a casual game one one afternoon, and and you'll get a sense of how this works. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. You can, um, I mean, you saw what it was like with the KV one, uh, KV two. Sorry, is you got you got really excited when you borrowed Angry Ivan off the KV two. KV two. You got excited because you were like, I remember I I listened to the podcast the other day. I was in the car and it, it like um I've got my podcast thing on random, and that you know that came on and I I couldn't be fuck changing because so I listened to it. And you were talking about like, hell, KV2, didn't help me, he's got a heavy howitzer. And you were getting all excited and all really, really happy. And I did, fuck all all day, because it's one shot. And we all know that one shot weapons are prone to missing. It's it's that whole thing. I mean, you, you've spoken to it about it before. It's like if you if you can reduce the uh, margin of error and the redundancy and increase your chances of shooting, they get better and better and better. And that's what I'm getting at is, you know, why would you get one king tiger when i can go and get three hellcats and blow the shit out of you and then turn around and start shooting infantry no absolutely yeah sorry nick they're not viable <laughs> that, that's basically what we come down to I, I, I tried i tried as hard as i could guys um but turns out we can't make big cats viable um we're gonna go and take a break because oh, i God. need to use the yeah my back teeth are floating and uh we'll be back so after this all right, and we're back. Uh, so just before the break, we were touching a little bit on the big cats and their their viability or or otherwise in organised play. Um, now, while while we we're on the break, and uh, yeah, in the last little while, we've been been talking amongst ourselves a little bit about our focus here in Melbourne is really on on events, as we've we've mentioned before. We're we're certainly not cutthroat about it, but. The way that we construct our lists is really based on uh, playing all comers um, in a set of missions that are predictable. They're, they're the really the core missions from the book with a, one or two extras, Heartbreak Ridge and, and so on, chucked in there. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to maybe talk about and think about there a little bit is there seems to be another side of the game that maybe we're not seeing so much of, which is a more relaxed style of play where maybe those big tanks can shine a little bit more because you're not having to balance a list against all comers. You, you can maybe have uh, a two or 300 point uh, advantage to the attacker um, and perhaps some entrenchments or, or something going on the, on the other side. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's such a great point as well. And I think the way that we play in the Melbourne scene is basically 
um, endemic of the fact that we don't have um, a stable, well, we haven't in the past had a stable place to play. We haven't had a club where we go in, have monthly meetups and where we can do whatever you want. You know, like you can do casual gaming, you can do, um, you can test lists for tournaments if you want, but um, we haven't had a space that we can just rock up um, at an, you know, at a time, a given time every month or every week or whatever to actually to actually play games you're not entirely correct i mean we do have house of war but house of war but, but lo- i'm lo- saying it's not logistic. a it's not a, it's yeah, not there's not a club day or yeah, you know like not once because, a month because kind of nobody thing. has put their hand up to pioneer it i i attempted to do something like that with the the v-bal v-bal was originally supposed to be an actual league where um you know once a month i would give you the name of an opponent you had three or four weeks to play that person in a casual setting and then, you know, I'd tally results and then yada yada, we'd run it for like six months and then award a winner. Um, but yeah, nobody's really put their hand up to spearhead anything like that. So to say that we don't have that available to us, we do. It's just um, people lack the time to but, kind of go over it yeah. and organize all that. You're right. and But even that is an element of organized play. And that's kind of what I'm yeah. getting at. There's no, no monthly meetup where it's like, oh, if, if, you know, one person can't make it and no, like it goes or, you know, two or three people can't make it out of the regular group yeah they, it, you know life goes on people keep playing you know their own games kind of thing you might yeah. go hey this is my my one my my one meeting in the in out of two or three meetings that i can make who wants to play this narrative game like I, i've got my, my australians does anyone have some japanese that we can set out a few scenarios in the yeah. book um, and part part of the difficulty, I I think, with that, you know, one of the the great strengths about Bolt Action as a game is the terrain mechanics are great, tables look cool, but that's a lot of shit to store in your house. And if if you live in a small apartment, that, <laughs> that can be a little bit a uh, little bit tricky. Yes, I I think Tristan and Brad, um, oh my god, the amount of sh- terrain Mark, and Mark, Mark's the Mark's amount of shit that you guys have, um. I could never fit in my tiny little bedroom yeah, <laughs> that I have. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki and I had a conversation um, just before Lex was born. We had a nice little nest egg of savings sitting there and I was angling really hard for a new shed. And you haven't seen my backyard because it was dark when you got to my place. But I I've, saw it. I saw it. Uh, I've got this tiny little <laughs> shed and it's packed full of shit. And the idea was to actually pour like a concrete slab and put an enormous shed out there with a gaming table and a workspace and shelving and racking and storage for all my shit that's in the house uh we instead decided that nikki should stay home with lex you know for an entire year instead of you know the time that she wanted to go back to work and i'm happy with the decision that we made but yeah it's space is a premium and it is a pain in the ass to you know carry like shit you know and there's other other things as well i mean some some people can either themselves or their partner can be a bit cagey about having people that they don't know very well in the in their home um, it took us weeks to get in here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> the vetting process is intense. Oh, it's like the Trump yeah. administration. Yeah. <laughs> we got the best. <laughs> the, best <laughs> the best podcast. We got the best podcast. You'll love it. Knockoffs from China. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And that's that's why we, we run events. So, like, we have a, have a place to come to p- play organized games. And part of that is you need to have a set amount of points. You need to blah, blah, blah. You know, all the, all the, all the shit that comes along with running an event. And that's great. But... We de- de- what basically what we don't have is somewhere that we can come and game, and I, I, I really want to start playing some more casual kind of games with, I don't know, 
as you said, it doesn't have to be, forces don't have to be exactly, you know, maybe a thousand points each yeah. or they can be more narrative based. Um, yeah, I, think I, I, I look at the the um, campaign books and the particularly as we're getting to the end of the cycle where, you know, most of the units that were at least somewhat common, um, there's a model for them, there's a, a list for them. Um, the campaign books are turning more and more towards uh, scenarios and we're really not getting the value out of those that, that maybe we might be getting because we're, we're playing in an organized play of uh, scenario. I'm hearing you. Uh, but, I mean, you're angling towards League of Ancients, yeah? Well, I definitely, like, I had never been to that League of Ancients before. It's, um, and But after seeing it, I definitely want to go and start playing... Um, Playing there once a month, kind of thing. On there, I think it's the third Saturday, third Sunday every month, isn't yeah. it? How was your How was your eggplant eggplant parma? It was beautiful. It was tasty. When I finally got it. The, the German beer was very nice as oh, well. Oh, the beers were great. Yeah, um, um, no, it's just a cool did, place. Did you, uh, did you see the wrought iron runes in the uh, in the uh, dining room? No. What, uh, what are you talking that, about? That, that grating that's around the sort of. Uh, dining area it's got yeah. this, this decorative scroll work, scroll work oh. and uh in the center of them all are all the uh all the runes in there and oh, check scroll work. We'll it's worth check looking at yeah check that out next time we're in yeah awesome no it was a cool um, venue um, yeah i think it's it's but I, I i'm excited about it just because it, it can you know like it's a it can be if we start building it up like from the bold action side of things obviously they've got an established historical gaming club there but if we start keep building it up from the bold action side of things we can we can, we can get regular meetings we can get people playing some fun games yeah that, that they don't have to actually commit to um yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh taking up 15 millimeter napoleonics going going full full old scale oh, old school beardy <laughs> yep 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 <laughs> yeah but it, it's a great setup i i think that'll be a good good home for us and i do encourage any anybody certainly anybody that was that was there this weekend um consider making that a regular thing it's it's yeah, well I'm, worth it i'm thinking if uh, if you know work doesn't crush me then yeah that, that'll be something that i'll definitely do uh it seems like a really good place to meet and hang out and the i mean it all and the, you can all, leave some terrain there as well oh, i'm it's that is a big selling point my mm. don't let my wife know because nikki will just go she'll freak out She'll get this look in her eye that says, you can take all that stuff out of your study and leave it at there. And no, I don't want to do that. But yeah, I think that having somewhere that we can meet on a you know, semi-regular basis and just you know, put a message up on the VBAR page and say, hey guys, uh, you know, we're, um, you know, we're going to be heading down to here you know, on this day. Um, you know, Tristan's going to bring this particular list. Lockheed's bringing this particular list if you want to play any of us. You know, JL is going to try something you know, a little bit weird, blah, 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 blah. You know, that way we can just get people to just rock up, have some fun, play some games and just, yeah, do what you got to do. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Um, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to that kind of more relaxed play style, I guess. Yeah, there's no um, time restrictions. You can the time, time restrictions are a big thing as well, absolutely. Like, mm. I mean, sometimes you don't get as long as you like to play to play a bold action game. You can't. Well, yeah, you get to like turn four or turn five and maybe it's been a particularly tough game and all of a sudden the TO goes... 10 minutes and you're like oh shit I'm not going to finish this shit shit yeah if you if you have three and a half four hours to just kind of like take your time yeah. have a beer yep. you know go have go, a chat with your opponent have it yeah I, that, 
that's a big thing as well. Yeah, just the social aspect actually of it. socializing with your opponents yeah. rather than just like we so, need to get yeah. to business or else we're not going to finish this game. <laughs> yeah. So actually, we're not actually, talking about actually anything. talking talking to them instead of like glaring at them and scratching your beard and thinking, "What the fuck are you thinking, you motherfucker?" That's just generally what I do. I think I, I think, I think I burned holes in Ivan's forehead looking at him. I was just trying to figure <laughs> out what he, figure out what that guy was up to. So, what kind of um, campaign or casual play would you like to be play, Jail? Well, I, I think um, looking at some some stuff for, um, I mean, a lot of the campaign books have rules for fortifications, uh, for mud, for frost frostbite, for night fighting. Um, they're, they're rules that we don't see because they're they're not balanced for competitive play and they they, d- they don't pretend to be. Um, but I think we could get a lot of fun out of those if if we just start running some some stuff going. What would it be like doing night fighting on Stalingrad, for example? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you and I have been threatening to have a series of um, of engage because I run airborne. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have been threatening to do Battle of the Bulge stuff, then we threatened to do uh, Market Garden stuff, and then we threatened to do this and do that. We tried one game, it didn't go well. Um, we probably need a bigger board, but yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I would like to be able to kind of think, you know, hey man, I'm heading out of league this weekend. Do you want to meet me with, you know, 1500 points worth of, you know, SS, and I'll bring my airborne down and we'll fight over Holland? Yeah, yeah. sounds great. We'll do that and then have a look at a mission in the book. And yeah, we yeah. could also do some weird kind of missions or um, alternative setups or the kind of thing. We and can then, run and campaigns for Christ's sake. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if a game turns out to be a little bit unbalanced or can can compared to what you thought it was, like if you try, if you don't do exactly match play, for example, you and it's and a game starts being you know a little bit one sided by turn three or four, you can just be like, hey, you know, like the other side get some reinforcements or something, just chuck them in, you know, like from, from whether it's from outflank or it's from from an objective or something, just to keep the game more interesting. Yeah, like you, you more, can do things like like saying your your objective. Uh, as the defender isn't necessarily to to win on the normal uh, criteria that we go. It's just, can you hold out for four turns? That would be pretty cool, actually, yeah. to have a defensive kind of um, garrison and you have to defend. And, like, maybe the attacker has unlimited kind of reinforcements. Like, if a unit dies, it can just come back on. I think um, in V2, that would, if you had a swiper, I could swipe for four turns. Yeah, but you'd have... Depend- it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be veterans, they'd just go down. They'd be hard to hit, hard to kill. I win. They got broken that already. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up now. I'm putting my, put my microphone down on the ground. Good boy. But you know, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like you'd you'd obviously sort it out with your opponent and and make it you know like an interesting game. And that that's I, th- I think that's what we're getting at. We want it to. We'd want such a game to be interesting, where it doesn't even have to be completely fair as long as it's mm. as long as there's conditions or win conditions or something that make the game. Worth yeah. playing, I guess. I, I, I'm sure there's there's so much undiscovered scope in in all the campaign books for mission types like that. Um, I, I certainly know that when I when I'm in the uh, competitive list building mindset, when I look through the campaign books, I'm looking for selectors, uh, looking for new units. That's that's really or new new ways to use the units that I've already got. Um, the missions tend to go by the wayside. I, I don't read them with uh, tremendous uh, diligence um, but I think you know there's a lot of stuff we could unlock out of that absolutely um, I think we should get to this plane that's why I want old mate Tristan over here to uh, to 
build his LRDG and I can play some French mm. with him. It'd be great. So I would I would do that. But do you know how much I'm getting paid to do these commissions? And do you know how much I'm making as a first year apprentice plumber? <laughs> Gotta put food on the table. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I can't eat my LRDG. I could, but it'd be bad. I'm hearing you though, man. I look seriously, I want to. I'm I Don't just worry, my French won't be done for a while. So. No, yeah, that's I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. Unless you do one of those weird two tone armies and well, I, I mean other people can do that as well. Like they can just say, Hey, like we we both want to start a new army at the same time. Let's let's kind of theme our armies around a certain Jay Allen and I did this right from the get go, didn't we? Yeah. We planned this. Yeah, yeah, Germans, yeah, Americans. Yeah, yeah. airborne. It's like, hey, there were Germans and Americans in the war and they, they fought were. each other. They did. They <laughs> did. Let's play. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been set up for a while. We're just too lazy to get a game in. Um, but yeah, look, dude, I would love to do that. It's just I like literally as soon as I clear all my commissions, I'm actually going to paint something for my. I will paint something for myself by the end of the year. Uh, unfortunately, that that force is not going to be complete because uh, I don't have a don't have a. Uh, I haven't got a brain carrier anymore. Oh, what a shame. Do you want to back me? No, you're all right. I'm only fucking with you. Um, yeah, but I, I will do that, and I will look forward to playing your French with my Ludigurk. It'd be fun as, but um. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, hang on, just segue just for a second. Russians, Australians, French, mm-hmm. Americans, British, Finns. Good God, God only knows what I'm, you know, what I've got in the way. German, summer Germans, Germans winter Germans, Germans, Brits, Russians. Oh no, you didn't. And Americans, okay. yeah, I have, yeah, a, right. I, and I have the nucleus of a winter American force. Okay, out you, of my a you need to have more minor powers. Come Finland, on. I don't. I, I I ran Finns. I ran minor powers, and I did well with them. Stick up your ass. All right. All right. Yeah, that's right. He's it's going back to you a little so, bit. So, do we have anything else we want to say on on that note? I was um, just going to say, speaking of weird lists and weird stuff, or, or and not playing, yeah, not playing organized play. Um, well, we do have um, BadgerCon coming up shortly, hey, so yeah, we'll quickly sake. touch on that. Yeah, well, no, no, it's probably just before we disappear from uh, organized play and competitive play. Uh, yes, I want to do more of that. Yes, we are going to do more of that. We've just got to find the time to do it. But I think the most important thing is, is like we are going to touch on the subject again in the future after we've had a chance to implement some of the stuff that we've said. Because right now it's all just hot air in a room. And, you know, we can, you know, we can do whatever we want. But let's sort of put this stuff into practice, see what, you know, happens and then, you know, come back and maybe have a chat about it. No, I so agree. We're definitely going to do that. Because you and I need to like shit or get off a pot. Like just. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we're terrible. Well, the first thing we need to do is get a table. Yes, that's, that's the main yes, thing. Yes, we do. Well, you and I are going to make a table together. Aren't yeah, we? well, we've got plenty of shit to put on it. Really, oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we just really need do. a piece of plank to uh, get oh, well, down. Yeah, I'll, uh, I mean, look, we've got a Bunnings. We'll sort that out. And um, yeah, we'll get it back here. And I've got a lot of textured paint now. Yeah, great. Thanks, Mike Parker. Um, yeah, just on Mike Parker, we uh, adverts are coming. I know that every episode I say, oh, we're off to the break. You'll probably hear something. No, you. We will record it at some stage, I promise. It's it's not going to be this awkward forever. Um, but look, yeah, BadgerCon. So when's BadgerCon, boys? That's like BadgerCon's on the 9th of June. So oh. three, three weeks away or two and a half weeks away. Jesus, that all. That has come around really right. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> paid for it, didn't you? You're, you're uh, all paid. I did pay. So. I, I paid. It's, um, yeah. Jeez, it's I'd be get my shit. That was the awkward sound of me craning my neck around to look at my painting desk and how much shit is on there waiting to be painted. How much do you have to paint? What do you have to paint? Uh, 
Um, probably looks, a whole beautiful. lot of Volksgrenadiers. Beautiful. Well done. Yeah. A uh, whole lot of uh, Winter Germans as Volksgrenadiers. I'm thinking the. Um, yeah, depending on that or how many, how cross-eyed I'm prepared to go painting dotty SS camouflage in between now and then. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of stuff on my plate with the, the band uh, reactivating lately, but uh, this weekend should hopefully be a bit clear and I can get a good uh, six-hour six stretch in. Well, and Hopefully you won't die. Hopefully. Well, you won't try to die. Well, I'll always come back. <laughs> You know, I'm, hate, I'm, I'm like 600 years old, mate. The, you know this. The hate grease just keeps drawing you back. Yes. Um, through my veins. Jail the high, Highlander. <laughs> I have, I, there I can have only be one. I have seen that one. I have a leather... Hey! I do Hello? have a leather trench coat in that cupboard. I'll have no, you, you, are, you, are, you are. Yeah, you are definitely more Kurgan than McLeod. I'll give you that. Um, all right, so... Um, so we have had a development with the Badgercon list, haven't we, Trist? Yeah, mate. You guys have bullied me out of... Um, taking what I wanted to take. The system works. Yes, the uh, peer pressure. And I won't back down. <laughs> Gonna stand my, my ground. ground. I did not stand my ground. Um, so my list was uh, Reg Second LT. No, it's it's, it's say, say the three things that matter. Uh, okay, no worries. I'll say the three things that matter. Uh, it's a, a bazooka, a truck, and a sniper. Those are the three things you had a trouble with, wasn't it? I thought it was something more along the lines of, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So the three things that the, the three things that you have an issue with are my medium howitzer, uh, my um, M three one oh five. Which is a half is a, a medium how it's a half track, and an air observer. And let's 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 be straight here. I don't think any of those things. I mean, like the air observers, like we all know that's good on an American side. But I mean, the three things aren't you know like by no stretch of the imagination super strong by themselves. Yeah. Yep. What I had a problem with, and probably other people did as well, is that they're all all three of them are quite quite good, quite efficient, and all in the same list. Yeah, it's. That was, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a chat with a number of people and the people that I spoke to said, look, it's a hard list, but I don't think it's abusive. Um, but in, I don't know, I, I kind of had to think about it and then you were giving me heaps of grief about it every chance you got. And I mean, you, you are right. Um, you know, I don't want to be that guy who goes up and ends up, you know, ruining someone's day. But yeah, so anyway, look, I mean, look, long story short, I took the air observer out. I put a. I've taken an, an additional truck, so I'm now taking two trucks. Um, I was a truck with a medium machine gun, and I put a heavy machine gun on my Greyhound. So my dice count stays the same, which is nice. That was the thing I was kind of looking at, sort of keeping up. And um, yeah, we'll sort of see what happens, I suppose. No, that's cool. I, I really like that change. I think it's it just balances out the list a lot more, and um, it just means you're not going to have to you're not going to rock up and be like, "Shit, I've I've brought yeah. something that's too strong for this." Yeah, I've bought a I've bought a shotgun to a chocolate eclair fight. It's uh yeah, it's and that's and that's the thing. Like I mean, I like I said, I had things and I had redundancies, not redundancies, but I had things inside that list where I could tone it down. But you know it. And I look, I still may end up using those, you know, if I come across an opponent who's, you know, you know, going really, you know, soft and fluffy and themey. 
But uh, yeah, if I get tabled three games in a row, I'm coming for blood. I'm telling you right now. I'll be like, where the fuck was my fucking Arabs ever? Am I allowed to grudge you now? <laughs> yeah, he's bringing like, like, Yes, bring, he's nerfed his list. Yeah, I'm gonna... <laughs> bring some Australian filth. <laughs> Woo! Sneaky cheese. No, no, no. So, so what do you? So I mean, I mean, I've, I've, we've spoken about our other list, but um, on the podcast before. But you're I'm just taking Australians, aren't you? The, just your just Aussie my, list. My standard Australian list with the frog, you know, a bunch of um, regular jungle division dudes. I've got a squad of commandos, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, just the stuff sand, you've been taking. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that hasn't that hasn't changed. Was I haven't, I haven't had had much of a chance to play. I was yeah. just played my Soviets at grief. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, running an event that big takes takes it out of you so you know you've 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 had a bit of downtime jl's literally running a german list which is going to have uh was it would you say it was a four or five squads of uh pioneers with flamethrowers and panzerfausts uh it's like two, they came two, from the two they, Nebelwerfers. they came from the the, the panzerfaust factory world <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> just popping them out the back door here you go boys take some more take some more take some more take some more it's fluffy it's yeah, really it, fluffy it, it, it was from the battle of uh panzerfaustdorf <laughs> It's <laughs> when the Russians tried to overrun the factory. They're just pumping these things out the back door. Now, what are you taking? What, what, what are you taking? Um, that is entirely dependent on painting. I've um, got to be honest, man. I'm looking at your desk. What you've got here is really nice. Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking because nobody will have will have seen it yet. I'd really like to get the uh, the SS guys done. Um, I've got some. I now have two flavors of Volks Grenadiers. I've got winter and and summer ones. So I'll take some uh, summer. Or autumn, rather, um, Volkies. The basing looks like you've been trimming your beard and yeah. sticking it down, and uh, yeah. like I'm all for that. Yeah, it's uh, in, for those of you uh, listening at home. They're they're they've got a lot of uh, yellow and red um, foliage on them. I I have a very red beard. It's very red ginger. Yes, very red ginger. Um, so yeah, like we were all we're all kind of set for that. Um, I think that Hari Turner is coming down for that event. Uh, Rubes. Uh, who's you know friend of the cast, all round top bloke. He's heading up. Um, there's going to be a bit of you know Melbourne's going to be on show at BadgerCon. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have you know like sort of you know four, five, six players heading up. Rob's uh, considering coming up. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, my my yeah. mate's playing over um, playing the Age of Sigmar event for it, and they had list submission like a, a week ago. They already have like matchups and everything. I can't believe how like. And that's like that's four weeks out of the event. It's crazy, and we're still thinking about what we're even going to take. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I knew what I was taking until you guys bullied me out of it. So yeah, this is true. That's very true. Speaking of, uh, just quickly, just quietly, segueing very, very briefly. Uh, speaking of GTS, um, holy shit! You'd hate to be a forty k player in London. So apparently, in London, they the forty k grand tournament. Fifty dollar, fifty pounds each. That's was it? Ninety Australian dollars to enter that fucker, plus and another ten. And I've read multiple blogs plus another saying 10 how quid. bad it was. Oh. And so, Jail, do you want to just talk about the train? Yeah. Well, look, some something seemed to have gone terribly wrong with that. Um, the photographs that we saw um, of the this is of the forty k event. There was also the thirty k event, which looked a lot better, but. Many of the tables had uh, just unpainted white styrofoam oh. chunks. Um, it was every randomly every, scattered around. No, it wasn't randomly. Every board was identical. Was it? Yeah. If you look at the board, the way the boards were set up, every single board was identical. They had, I think, it was something like um, four hundred and forty players, 
all paying like uh, 50, 50 pounds each. Like that's a massive chunk of capital and you can't even be fucked getting your terrain sorted out. Like I get it, 220 tables, that's a lot of terrain. But if you're charging your players that much, you best start fucking putting the call. Well, okay. I, know, well, I, know what, one, I know what they do. Sorry, I know that what they do in the fantasy um, side of it, things over in the UK and that's... Um, when you bring your army along, you bring three or four pieces of terrain with you. Oh, with really? You. Yeah, that's what they do. That's they, cool. they print out the maps or whatever and they say, this is where the terrain's got to go. Yeah. yeah so the, the terrain follows you. Um, I'd, I'd actually prefer that the terrain would sit in, in like, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, the TOs or whatever would sort it out um, because that stops some potential abuse, but apparently it doesn't really happen. Yeah, but anyway, I think that's a really good idea. Um, for those such large events because I do get it 200 tables is a ridiculous amount of tables that to organise terrain for but the thing is if you can't organise terrain for that many tables don't have that many players well, so, something when something seems to have gone wrong really badly wrong there I mean <laughs> uh, I, I did uh, five years of Arcanicon which is uh, the southern hemisphere's biggest 40k event that was averaging 150 players so that's it's big enough um, so it's 75 tables. But every club would... They, they organised it through the clubs. They were, they were saying, if, if you're part of um, Nunawadding's War Games or uh, you know, all of the, the different uh, groups that, that played... Yeah, the call goes out. The, the call goes out and uh, they organised it. They had people that would come in for something like at, at least one day, possibly two days before in there setting it up. I mean, that, that had some of those problems that are um, not the same ones that they have in London. I mean, they were whinging about, oh, it's really hot in here. It's 20 degrees. Uh, we Grow would be playing up. on a 45-degree day. I've played <laughs> <laughs> a few of those yeah, Canicon tournaments, and that was at, what, the Collingwood yeah. High School or whatever, 40-degree days up in those those buildings. Oh, Word. my God. What, oh, the, the upstairs, what the upstairs ones were, were bad. The gym was just atrocious. Scorching. Though. Can, oh, like at CanCon, I know no shit. Like it was so hot at CanCon when I was played the, the the year that I went up. Um, like my t-shirt looked as if I'd just been for a swim. Gross. Like I was just, oh, it was horrible, and the smell in there was incredible. Like it was something to behold. But okay. just just quickly with the with the with the GT, um, there is a part of me that understands why they did what they did, because if you if you uh, replicate every single table, so every single table is exactly the same. And it's all identical. Then you can never hear a player say, "Oh well, I would have won if if you know my table drawer had been better. Yeah. If I if I'd been on that table over there, I reckon I could have won that because I could have done this and this and I, this." I, for for my sins, for for reasons unknown, I looked at the Reddit group for um, <laughs> hardcore competitive forty k, and there was like a discussion. God, competitive forty k because he said <laughs> yeah. Reddit hardcore. hardcore. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there was a discussion about it, and they they were saying some of these people that were going. I don't paint my armies. What was what's the point in that? Um, I'm not into immersive play. I'm just here to break face. Those players were saying exactly as you say, Tris, that um, it means that there's no argument about what does this piece of terrain represent. Does it? Uh, can you see through it? Can you shoot through it? Can you do all yeah. of that stuff? It. It's purely down to the math hammer of, of rolling the dice. There's no yeah. Doesn't make, yeah. It doesn't seem to make sense for that kind of thing as well because 40K is a th more or less a 3D game. So like a, a, like fantasy battles has always really been a two-dimensional game like at, at, a, at competitive play. So like um, 
basically it's things block line of sight and um depending on height levels and that kind of thing sure. um area terrain blocks line of sight or you know like it provides cover if you're sh- shooting through it and but it, it's it's essentially 2d so at a couple of tournaments cancon um that i've been to they've actually had two-dimensional terrain yeah they're um, like, so they just print, print it out and it it's looks disgusting. fucking awful like yeah. uh, like that, it, it is bad but i mean like if you want a big tournament and particularly like so the act has has limited terrain because it's you know not not a huge place um but you put the call out i mean you look at pete west pete west you know he runs uh cancon he runs uh cancon and wintercon uh he gets you know uh you know i mean that's that's the largest event that we run in in australia and every single time you rock up, the terrain looks fantastic because, you know, he knows the people to speak to. He knows the people to ask and people bring shit. I and mean, the culture's, culture's very different compared to yeah, games as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I saw, so, like, I mean, yeah. the bold action culture yeah. is obviously, like, we want good terrain. Like, you saw it, obviously, at, at Grief on the weekend. Oh, my God, all those tables yeah, looked amazing. Yeah, looks good. And, like, that kicks the shit out of any other yeah. event I've been... Like, but the other thing is we need lots of it because of the way that the, the game is designed. True. You know, you can't have two, no two buildings, two, yeah, two, no two forests, armor. and two hills, and that, and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing is, I mean, looking like I said, I understand why they did it at the at the the forty k GT because if you make everything identical, then you are literally the only thing you have to worry about is like is your opponent, is you don't have to worry like there's there's, there's no arguments, there's no excuses. Having said that, to just literally do that out of styrofoam and just cut shit together and just spray it white. You lazy fucking pricks! Like, Did they even Jesus. spray it right? What? No, it was, some, no, it was just bare, bare styrofoam. Oh, okay, some of it was sp- some of it was sprayed black. I thought it's the amount of. Oh yeah, the the better stuff was the better. Black, yeah. yeah, it's. But I mean, you could have done that see, so see, much that's better. The thing. If a, even if like budget was a problem, you'd think that you could put Which it. Which it wasn't because somebody worked. Somebody actually did the maths and they worked out those blokes walked away with about twelve thousand pounds, not dollars, pounds. Yeah, like well. after venue hire, after everything, after all the shit was sorted out. They still walked away with about twelve k, yeah, which is which is like like nearly twenty thousand Australian dollars. Yeah, I'd be riding. The other thing I I would be crucifying those fucking pricks. The other thing I just want to say is, somewhat contrary to to your point before about, oh, if the terrain is all the same, all you need to worry about is your opponent's army. Well, um, I've never heard of uh, fighting events in a uh, fighting wars in an identical environment. Part of the, the art of being a good strategist and tactician is yeah, choosing yeah. the ground yeah, and I'm knowing right. how to how to use the ground to your advantage. And I, if it's all the same, yeah, I agree. I agree. It just but becomes a list building exercise. Yeah, well, and that's and that's the way that I see forty k. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but um, the way that I the, the what I likened it to is like when I first heard that when I first saw the pictures, I was like, I don't know how you can actually want to be part of a community that actually does that. But then I started thinking about it and I was at work and I was just literally, I don't even, I think I was like fixing a tap or some shit like that. And, you know, my mind started to wander and I actually thought to myself, it's a lot like I used to play um, semi-professional paintball. And if you roll up to an event and, you know, they say, well, all the semi-professional teams, you guys are over here. You guys are going to be playing on, you know, field three. Well, you go and play on the same field all day. You don't go and play on field three, then two, then five, then seven and you play on the same field and that means that the, the, all the bunkers are in exactly the same position which means that you are playing the field but you are also solely focused on how your opponent plays that field and that one field only whereas I think what I'm saying is like, like 
Okay, well, no, okay, uh, okay. I'll, I'll make the analogy in bolt action. The Melbourne Stalingrad board, and I'm not talking about the Nick Beattie board. I'm talking about the the, the Stalingrad board that we roll out. We get very various variations of it. If you play on that board, you can have a difficult game. We all know that. That's fine because it tests you as a player. Whereas there are other tables, like say the desert table, where it's a bit easier, movement is a bit freer, or you know you get on a table with a couple of roads on it, and all of a sudden you're whizzing around like a madman. Those are easier tables to play on. But if you take out that metric where the board is something you have to take into account and you only have to worry about how your, how your opponent handles his business, well, you sort of stop a lot of the bitching and a lot of the, you know, it's, well, you know, dude, you lost because you lost. You didn't lose because you were assigned to a shitty table. That's the only, that's the only, that's the only reason I can logically come up with as to why those people did that. Yeah, it's it's like the the argument about a chessboard is always the same number of squares every yes. time you sit down. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it just depends w- w- if the if the people who who organised you know this the the GT put any thought into it or uh, like into where the terrain was, even if all the ter- tables are the the same. If I'm like, paying a hundred bucks, they better be putting fucking thought into it. Well, it doesn't look like it doesn't meal. look like they did. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> Um, but like if they put thought into going oh you know like this this building needs to be here because it's a strategically pla- you know like yeah. it's strategically placed uh, um, via via this, uh, this other you know um, piece of terrain but if like they're all just kind of slapped down in the same fashion and it's not doesn't actually make well, the, this, just, the, the comments you know. I heard was that the, the placement of that terrain made sense it was placed to, to block line of sight in strategic places and allow an an assaulty army to get close without necessarily being shot up on the way and yada yada it just looked like horseshit yeah and i think it was also massively disrespectful because they hosted that event on the same weekend as the royal wedding it's just tasteless absolutely tasteless. The royal wedding what was that what i didn't hear about a royal what, wedding what wedding what the royal wedding so some some British dude married Harry. an English, uh, sorry, an Australian, uh, um, American. American, you got there in the end. <laughs> Russian? Was she Russian? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Was she, was she from Greece? No, she took her time. She was <laughs> Get the fuck out. It's <laughs> my she, house. She, I'm cert- not going she certainly left her mark. Um, um, yeah, so with the GT, I think it's... <laughs> oh no. All right, so let's stop bashing... Um, G- GTs in London for a second. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought it just... Let's it, talk about... An awesome event that is coming up. It's different. I'll give him that. It's definitely different. Because Brad's, Brad's, Brad's come out swinging again. Operation Bear. The big bear. So he's running that, I think, uh, I think it's the first weekend in July. First of July, wasn't first it? First of July, is it? Yeah. I thought so, maybe. At, at uh, Good Games yep. in, in Melbourne CBD. I really like that venue, actually. Hard um, cap of 20 players. Yeah. And I think that's... I think he's strategically done that as well so he can ensure that all the tables, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's a quality of table so we don't, you know, overstack the, the room, like the, the venue as well. Like, it's not the biggest yeah. venue. It's um, it's one of those things where I think the last time, what well, did he have, 24? 24. I think just those two extra tables kind of just, it just pushed it a little bit too far. And, and you've got to remember too that we, we share that space with those people playing Yu-Gi-Oh! or, you can you can hear the the curl of contempt in my my Ta- lip. Tarzos, so they, they yeah, roll with Tarzos. Pogs, pogs. Alf, Alf was Alf. back in pog form. <laughs> Alf's back in pog form. I love it. Yeah, um, they, they play all crazy shit in there. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good, magic good, good gathering. Luck, and good luck to all the all the dudes. I mean, I play X Wing there. Um, 
But good luck to all the dudes playing those, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon card games kind of shit. Yeah. Someone's got to do it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right. Someone's got to keep the Wizards of the Coast knee-deep and, you know, I think they have Dungeons and Dragons. Cash- um, oh, don't fuck with Dungeons and Dragons. I don't mind Pathfinder. All right, all right. But, um, but so what's the, what's the format, Tris? Tell me. You tell me, man. I've, I, I'm... What is it like? Uh, Sorry, it's a, like I think it's a um, eleven hundred one hundred and eleven point That's one right, one yeah. one one, and there is an extra caveat. Sorry, so it's, it's a bit extra points than than we're used to. Like our standard is a thousand points. That's what most events run at. Yeah. Um, the extra caveat is is that it's uh, only one platoon allowed. Only like the standard reinforced platoon, but you can have. Um, you can you can duplicate one of your zero to one slots, or well, you can't take a duplicate of it. But say an armored car, you can take two different armored cars. Yeah, they can't be the same one. So you couldn't take two triple two. twos yep. or something. You would have to take a puma and a triple two. So a greyhound and a white scout car. Yeah, yeah, yep. something along those lines. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the points value is unique, to say the least. Um, the way that Brab was kind of talking about it is he played his cards very close to his chest. Uh, initially, I saw Op Bear and he had a Broomba and I'm like, Broomba, you know, Op Bear, that's big. That's maybe he's going to go for like a, you know, like a big, you know, we're going to, you know, talk 13, 1400 points. And then he came out with like, like, yeah, one, 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 one. I was like, oh, that's 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 diabolical. That's really difficult. Like trying to list for that. It's kind of hard because I'm always, you know, I'm used to listening to round numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that, that 11 points is really... You're, you'll just get lots of odd increments where you might chuck an extra Panzerfaust here or... Extra a, submachine gun yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, drop someone's, you know, submachine gun to a rifle or yada, yada. But, um, yeah, I looked but, at but it. But I think that the, um, the, the, the platoon caveat is, is going to make... Th- things very interesting it's going to take make make some make, make it difficult for some lists like i'm looking yeah. at with my australians so my, my australians kind of rely on extra infantry so i take the jungle division platoon selector which yep. instead of allowing five infantry squads allows six yep um it also doesn't scale super super well so because you can't we don't like the australians don't have access to like a big tank that can or something that can fill up extra points. That Why kind don't of you thing. take a Matilda and a Stuart? Why don't you take two mules? So well, no, well, well, what Six I'm actually, mules. well, what I'm going to do is, um, I actually confirmed it with him before, is that I'm going to take a, well, if I can afford to buy one, um, a Matilda Frog and a Matilda CS. So that's one with a flamethrower and one with a, a light howitzer. Um, and he said that's all all cool. Um, I think if I, I think if he said no to that, I would probably struggle. I think I'd have to just take a Stuart. Because and like I don't own a Stuart either, so I'd have to buy one of them. Um, I own a Stuart. I got one you can borrow too. There you yeah, go. yeah. So I mean, if I—that's the thing. If I can't fucking Stuart factory over here, Chris Stewartville. Oh, I should just ask Chris Peck. Chris Peck's got one. Chris Peck's got one. <laughs> Doesn't he have three? Um, well, he might be able to use um, a couple. He'd be of able years to now. take eighteen and yeah, <laughs> big, uh, big, big Papa Stuart himself. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. Like, if I. So it's kind of restricting, but I can see. But that's just for Australians. But I can see other lists that you can do some real interesting things with it. I think it's also a trap for the unwary. If you if you just went, oh yeah, great tanks. I'll take two big motherfucker ones. Um, you know, it 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 would be very easy to unbalance your list in a way that um, wouldn't go in your favour. Um, you know, d- just to put 
units that would on their own be a point sink and then double down on that you know so yeah you're right I don't think necessarily taking two tanks like depending what they are I'm considering it well yeah I mean depending what they are can they can be a good option yeah. but I reckon that the, the probably the real strength would be if you want to take a medium howitzer and a medium two um, howitzers like that uh, thing from the or you can take the, a heavy howitzer and a medium howitzer yeah. <laughs> or you can take a medium howitzer and a medium anti-tank gun like that that's true. probably something more reasonable pun I said just head true. I, I was I was considering um, a STUH forty two and a, uh, a normal Stug, mm. yeah, and a whole cool. bunch of Volksgrenadiers, or even a couple of armored cars would be like yeah. a, a lot of armored cars are quite viable. What armored cars would you take with the Australians though? Oh no, nothing with my armored oh, mules. Armored mules. <laughs> I mean, you could take <laughs> a bre- I could, could could take my Bren carrier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could take a Bren um, carrier. But I mean, like uh, like in the, for the Soviets, the the BA ten, you know. That, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those kind of those kind of ones. Are, They're nifty little units ri- that serve a purpose that mm, can bulk your points there, up. There's some with like light auto cannons and shit like that, which yeah. can, that can yeah. that look really tasty as well. The in Germans, the, in the, the Germans are especially good Germans, at pumping those out. The Italians have yeah, a couple true, of good armored cars. So I think the Auto Blinder 42. Yeah, those ones look really tasty. Yeah. Um, so I think, so I think you're right, Jail, in that. You can probably get trapped into taking two of something that's shit, but you can also get you can also easily take two of something that you know is really tasty, and you don't have to pay points for the second lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just that that thing of finding um, part of my experience with with list building for lots of different games over the years is that there is. Um, almost like a, a, a parabolic curve with certain units that one of them is good, two of them is better, but it is better than twice as good as one. If uh, That probably doesn't make any sense. I'll try and rephrase that. Uh, you know, if, if one of this unit is pretty good, having two of them is better than it's, uh, yeah, twice. It's, ex- it's, it's exponential. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so two snipers is exponentially better than one, yeah. for example. But it's it's better than just imagining um, it's not just twice as good, it's maybe two and a half times as good yeah. because yeah, yeah, of the yeah. way it controls the board. and Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think if you want to take, yeah, as I said, a medium outs and a medium anti-tank gun, like that's... That's, that's a, a good that's combo. A re- that's a good combo yeah. um, under the, under these conditions. Yeah, word. But um, we also need to remember, um, Mr. Morin uh, doesn't want to run a you know a super competitive list. So, uh, sorry, event. So yep. we, we need to. I mean, like, I, I'm not advocating someone to take take those combos. I'm just saying, like, it's it's interesting, like. And I think that's what he's gone for as well. Yeah. He's gone for a format that's that's not the norm. No, um, and the points value is 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 difficult. Mm. Makes you think. And you, you need to take a list that you're not that you wouldn't normally take, and I th- I really like it. I am taking a list that I don't normally take. What are you taking? You're my list. I've got it right here. Have you just you, you just army builded that while? while we no, no, no. I, I did this a couple of nights oh, ago. Oh, I had you? Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. So we skipped over hobby uh, at the start of the episode because JL has been busy, um, nearly dying. Uh, Lockie has been busy toing and getting hickeys. And, um, yeah, I have actually been hard at work doing uh, uh, doing commission work. And a part of the commission I'm doing is I'm doing a partisan uh, army for Jacob Lotz. 
And Jacob's given me permission to run this uh, list at Operation Bear. Uh, so if I have the models for it, hoping, uh, this is what's going to be running. Uh, it's a regular second lieutenant with bro. Uh, two late war partisan squads with uh, one of them's got four rifles, five submachine guns, NCO with a submachine gun and a Panzerfaust. The other one's got five rifles, four subbies, NCO with a submachine gun and a Panzerfaust. Uh, two 10-man late war partisan squads, regular, just with uh, rifles and light machine gun. A veteran seven-man uh, guerrilla squad, seven men, all the submachine guns, flamethrower, machine gun, a machine gun team, a sniper team, an anti-tank team with bazooka, a general purpose truck, and a char 2C bis, which will be inexperienced, unreliable. Uh, so that's one of the French tanks, isn't it? Yeah, it's a... Uh, turret mounted light anti-tank gun and a hull mounted um light howitzer so did you see i think one um, man turret J- jacob messaged us in the chat the other day didn't he yeah asking if we could take a, a charby in there's the- i'll have to clear it with brad um because i i have not read the partisan book um i don't even know where it is so the rule he sent us was yeah that it, it has says to be something like captured german well it says a german or italian but then it ca- like it kind of it, it's ambiguous it's ambiguous it kind of seems like it's using those as an example because then in the next like sentence or paragraph whatever it says you can take whatever like you know you can justify or whatever you and, can't take armor Jacob, I don't think you can take a heavy you can only take a no, medium no it's between tank. 7 and 9 yeah um, armor 7 and 9 um, and as Jacob says you know like there's plenty of examples how the how, when partisans like you know French partisans re- yeah, re- recapture, recapture this stuff, um, yeah. the char bees from from the German occupiers um, and use that in in the resistance forces. And I, I mean, I think that's super. Yeah, that's isn't super that cool. incredible? I, I I read it read a book recently about the the resistance, and I'd always had this mental impression of you know like a low low. It's like five guys hiding out in the woods. But there were instances, there was like 300 of them all at once or, yeah, or something yeah. with captured tanks. I well, I mean, Fr- France is a, is a big place as well. So it's like a, like an occupation force obviously can't like suppress it all at once. So I yeah. guess like... I've heard though that the French resistance was not well organized and a lot of the time it, it spent a lot of time fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Is certain pockets would fight other pockets and they were very, very... They did them. They did. Them, I mean, they, like they did good work against Nazi Germany. Don't get me wrong, but they also did like really bad work against each other because they were constantly just trying to be fucking each other up. Well, they're, well, they're already fighting against the, each the, other, of the, course, um, like, yeah. the Vichy, like against the Vichy. But, so it's but like, then, like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, sure. resistance fighting Vichy, you understand that. But resistance fighting resistance. Now, when the, when one side was communists and the other side were yeah, De Gaulle's dudes you know they yeah. they didn't get along no, it's difficult. Um, and th- there's a certain thing that you know they started dropping uh three man teams of uh allied uh american and british what do they call those guys jetbergs jetbergs that was it drop dropping them in to to go your job isn't to fight you're here to train these guys yeah. and organize them we keep kind of coming back to that as well like all over like in different theaters how they drop you know we we're talking about the other day how they were dropping um, people in the Pacific into you know to watch either, either to watch the the Japanese um, yeah, close close naval close, movements close off the recon or, yeah. or yeah there was um, there was a book I stumbled on in the um, St Kilda Library yesterday I didn't take it out but I was going to it was a book of photos of the 
uh, Australian commandos in New Guinea, and mm. they were there just operating radio stations and um, sitting on the top of a mountain with a pair of binoculars, uh, eyes and ears. Sort it's of great, shit. great way to spend a gap year. I wish I had done it. <laughs> no, ju- fought, ju- fought the Second World War. <laughs> just, ki- just, just kidding. I spent a gap year snowboarding in Canada. It was great. I'd prefer to do that. I remember when you did that. It was a pain in the ass. It was like, hey, man, what are you up to? Oh, I'm going to Canada for like 18 months. I was like, oh, I just literally got to know you and was hoping to catch up for some games. Yes. So weren't, you, weren't you living out? You were still living with the, still kind of close to my place at that stage, weren't you? Yeah, I was out in Mentone at that oh, point. It was so good. Um, Homeboy lived about 20 minutes from my house. It was great. And then he ruined it by moving to Brunswick. And oh, sorry, mate. How's the living situation? Is it good? We, uh, haven't, we haven't touched on that. I'm still living with three people who aren't really functioning human beings. How, but how, how's, the, how's the, is it the Spanish-French connection? Is that still a thing? Oh, they keep to themselves. Oh, okay. Are they but the, I mean, like the things the are growing. love making. That's what I want to know. Thi- things, things are growing <laughs> in my shower. Things are growing in my fridge. The, f- the floors are filthy. We've got so my, one of the housemates who moved out two months ago has. Um, she had two cats, and the two cats are still at my house. And no they, way. And, <laughs> they're your cats now. <laughs> she comes and visits them. And, <laughs> and <laughs> But you have to... And buy some food. But, but you but clean their shit. I clean, I clean their shit and have to and have to smell their piss because they piss on everything. Actually, they shit on my bathroom mat as well. It's fuck. It's... My house is... Oh my house is feral. Like, oh, oh my bad. god, that's great. I'm gonna have a kid, and you can just look. After <laughs> I'm dropping legs off to you next week, mate. It's all good. Oh. That is so, each day. Come and vi- she comes and visits them. <laughs> it's Hi, like, how are my cats doing? They're great. Fucking take them. Go on. It's like a cat daycare. Fuck. Oh, but you're not getting paid. Oh, that's amazing. So has your bathroom started looking like that one that uh, that Tris showed us before? Oh, it's not far off that one, yeah, mate. I might, a, I might might get Tristan to come in uh, to sort it out, actually. I, I lived I'm in a this plumber, not a cleaner, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I lived in this one place once. Uh, this was in, in Wellington in, in New Zealand, which is a very damp, uh, wet place anyway. And it's windy as well, isn't it? Yeah, and hilly and cold. Um <laughs> but we we had to ru- it was so damp in this so it was like the basement underneath granny flat that was in the basement underneath this, this uh, other place uh, I had to run a dehumidifier 24-7 and it just emptied buckets of water out of it that's um, insane and eventually I, I, I found mushrooms growing inside my house <laughs> did you ever watch Black Books? have you seen Black Books? oh yeah yeah, he's just like, like... I was the filth wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like when Manny goes up, he's just like, well, you know, you've got mollusks growing on your pipes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, generally, they live in the ocean. <laughs> oh, that's gold. Oh, mate, I kind of feel for you. but It's I mean, fine, it's fine. Yeah. No, it's all character building. It's all character building. All right, so get back to uh, Brad's event. So it's coming up 1st of July. We're looking forward to it. It'll be a blast. Uh, he's putting a hard cap on it of 20 players. So it's, getting quick. Yeah, really. When those tickets go up, um, I'll be jumping on one pretty quick. Um, oh, and I, then, reckon, I reckon they'll go quickly as well because there's that demand at the moment for events just over 20 players. Yeah. So, so like you've got to guarantee a spot. Yeah. So the we've got so we've got uh, BadgerCon, then we've got uh, Bear. The one after that uh, that we're working on, Lee Avery is um, stepping up as a first-time TO. 
um, we're sort of sharing it around. Lockie's run the last one. I ran the one before that. Uh, Brad's running two. So Lee Avery's going to jump up, and we've just we're just starting to secure a new uh, location for our, for our next event, and we're going to be running it in conjunction with the Monday nights at the Auburn Bowls Club. So that'll be fun. Just around the corner. Um, yeah, and then after that, I think we're off to Moab, and then after that, we're running Occupation Europe at the end of the year. So lots more bolt action coming up. That'd be awesome. Should I've be also been told that there's a um, there's an event in Northwest Tasmania, I think, um, coming up. Oh uh, yeah, Actar um, uh, Giraffe contacted us and uh, uh, gave us a good word about that. So um, I think it's in the end of like they're just finalising dates, but it's in the um, end of August, early September time slot so if you're in if you're in tasmania or you want to um go go check out the tasmania scene from the mainland that's that's one to hit up well i mean you say you say that with a little bit of uh you know a, a little bit of uh tongue-in-cheek but i mean i know that chris marconis from i think he's canberra he flies all over the place for events oh no people people definitely want to go and travel for oh events. dude i'd love to go to, if i look if i didn't have a kid fuck, i'd be down to davenport in no time to go and catch up with dennis that's uh that's always great um but yeah, the only other thing that we had to give a shout out to, and I'm trying to bring it off my phone at the moment, but so I think it's the Fighting Kentuckian Facebook page. Yeah, um, I'm just checking which is it a, now. It's actually a really cool Facebook page. They they post up a lot of content. Um, just on the weekend, they said they run a run an event with 24 players. Here we go. Give a shout out to the Fighting Kentuckian Facebook page. Uh, they just held the uh, To Hell and Back Bolt Action event. Uh, they've got 24 players. That's fantastic. So congrats. I love hearing, you know, 20 plus player events. You know, it lets, lets, lets us know the hobby's healthy. Uh, you know, the game is, you know, progressing nicely and that we're getting, you know, really good, really good interest, really good numbers. It's fantastic. It's a good time to be playing bolt action. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, was, if you want some more um, content on your Facebook feed, go, go check that one out. Oh yeah. I was really worried. I've got to be honest about a year ago that maybe we had seen the golden age of bolt action. And it was around about the time that we had the LRDG and the, the Gap. They were both, you know, really good. And we had events coming out of the Wazoo and just everything was just, we had all these new releases and all these little, these smaller, um, you know, producers and manufacturers and stuff. And it all seemed, it just seemed like a really good time to be part of this. And then V2 came along and like some people have moved away. And look, we've lost some very, very big personalities. I mean, the, the guys from the Lurdigurg, that was, uh, you know, people like Dave and Lachlan. Uh, and Toby, that was that, that, that was a big hit to take because those guys were you know, great contributors. You know, we've also lost, um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of our, um, uh, you know, the producers, you know, they're not lost, but they've quietened down. You're like, uh, Mad Bob, if you're listening, Bob, we miss you heaps. Um, but, I mean, WWPD's closed down really Yeah, that's, well. that I was mean, huge. That was huge. It actually went dark the other day. Um, was, I, was, I, was, I was trying to get the... Um, the, the, the Blah, 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 the scenario heartbreak ridge mm. and the information for that that brad wrote um on wwpd and yeah. then i was going to go print it and then it was down like it was down i'm like oh no have they have they closed it down for good now wow but luckily it came back in oh, a couple of days fantastic. so that, that was a bit of a scare because i know yeah. there's heaps of painting articles and stuff that, well, I, that I use yeah i'm pretty sure that they were going to continue to host because of the amount of work and effort that people have put in um they just don't want to produce new stuff. No, it was it's it's too hard to maintain and paying for bandwidth for you know like you know the multiple podcasts that were attached to that network because you had you had the Bacon Burgers, you had the Gap, um, you had uh, Intensify Four Firepower, 
Oh my God, there was there was literally like there was I think there was like five or six different podcasts attached to that, plus all the articles, plus photos, plus this, plus that. It translates to like a significant dollar value, and there was not like they were doing it for you know to get rich. It was Mm. a lot of it was coming out of their pockets, and they kind of just sort of packed it in because they had enough. Um, But turns out that wasn't the real golden age of bold action because we we might be going into a new golden age. It it sort of makes me realize that maybe what we were going through was the silver age and we're in the golden age now. But I don't know. I I, I mean, time will tell. Yeah, it's too early to to say now. But It's 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 a really beautiful time. It's it's positive. positive. Getting lots of new blood. I love seeing new players. Um, You know, guys who are just, you know, learning the game for the first time and, you know, maybe some guys who have maybe, you know, sort of fallen out a bit and then coming back into the fold. Um, but for a community yeah. to grow, it needs to, you need to bring new blood in. For, for a while there, we, we weren't bringing in new players, you know, for various reasons. We weren't bringing in new players. We, we had the same True. half, I don't know, you know, a dozen dudes kind of coming to, to events. And it was... And that was good because we all got to catch up with each other and socialize and chat. and It was cool. But yeah. then like if, 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 if a few people can't make an event or whatever... Oh, you then, end up you know, with six people looking at each other going, well, this is going to, this is happening. Yeah, you can't, and you can't do that forever. So nah. it's really, it's really great that, I mean, we had 24 players at Brad's last event. We had 28 at Grief. Mm. We're going to have another 20 player event it it seems like it's the numbers the numbers seem healthy at the moment so i think we just you know do everything we can to maintain that and just make sure that this is uh you know continues to be a thing awesome guys well we've um had some pretty good discussion tonight i reckon i'm cooked i'm pretty cooked too yep um have you got have you boys got anything else to say before we wrap it up no that's it for me i'm gonna go home have a shower i'm gonna wash the hate grease off of me Mm mm-hmm um, I am going to continue to laugh at Lockie having to look after two cats that aren't his. That's never getting old, by the way. I'm don't gonna yeah, run you're, gonna, you're never going to lose that. I'm riding that. Until you give those cats back, I'm going to ride that. I fucking hope they go soon. I, lo- I, I, I don't mind them, but they piss on everything. It's, and it's getting... My, my house stinks. And cat piss. Have you, ever, have you ever smelt ferret piss? <laughs> I have not. Actually, I have. And it's, Isn't it's it the rank. We, we had this... Right this, at the rat piss. My old flatmate had this ferret that oh my god that thing was evil they are they're Just really like nasty hateful they... string yeah cat snake <laughs> thing <laughs> it's, it's like an angry a hairy angry noodle all right we'll finish on this note on on the sub topic of of foster care for aggressive horrible animals <laughs> i uh my flatmate moved out and he left this ferret there and this was the most disagreeable animal you have ever heard of in your life and uh was it ill-tempered it was super ill-tempered and i i took to locking it in the toilet at night so that it wouldn't (laughs) roam around the the flat destroying my shit now one night i uh the stars aligned and i i took a, a a lady that i had met home with me and uh we proceeded as you do and uh, during the, during the <laughs> night, that's one way to put it. Did you get a hickey? During the <laughs> night, she got up to use the bathroom. I had forgotten to warn her About the that hairy. there was a ferret. The, the, in the there. angry hairy noodle. That is amazing. <laughs> the angry hairy noodle ran right up her Not leg. Oh. <laughs> was it? Hang on. Can, can I? I'm, it is going to seem a little bit dirty. Uh, was this pre or post? 
post. Oh, it doesn't matter then. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> well, but yeah. So the, the, it got right up inside the dressing gown. Oh, like right wow. And, and that was she would have chittering noise. So if you were in some strange house and you opened the door to the bathroom and something ran up your leg and bit you, would her? you come back? No. <laughs> so she let us how she just ran, ran for the hills. No, no, we went out for like six years. But oh, <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> well, the scream, that's, that's a secret, guys. The that's, scream that's a secret, could yeah. be heard. Yeah, that's for, so lucky. Long time. Lucky, I understand you're seeing somebody new. We can get you a ferret and a dressing gown. We get that sorted out right away, okay? And lock that shit in. Awesome. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, why not? We can just we'll have it. We'll have it in my house. It's get, like with the cats and with the, the cats. and, oh, I and the, I mean, if you're gonna bring if, the like, if, fucking the European day, people if, if, and the Kiwi dude, and it's, it's, <laughs> it, we're just gonna have one big merry house. It's gonna be he great. Sounds, he sounds really bitter, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he just a really bit. wants a hairy noodle. <laughs> a, a danger noodle. <laughs> All right. On that note, good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.